the college experience top 10 pro and college wide receivers of all time episode of the sports gambling podcast network is presented by mybookie.ag. Las Vegas may be closed, but oh no, the mybookie casino is open 24 seven. They're also home to the free $10,000 blackjack madness tournament. Use the promo code SGP to receive up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets. That's promo code SGP. You play, you win, you get paid over at mybookie.ag. We're also brought to you by DGen Madness. We're giving away $3,000 in our virtual NCAA tournament. The games will be streamed live with SGP commentary. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash contest to enter your bracket. First game tips off Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash contest. We're also brought to you by Burrow, makers of the internet's favorite sofa. Get $75 off your purchase and free one week shipping at burrow.com slash SGP. That's B U R R O W dot com slash SGP for $75 off at Burrow. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. You don't have to go to Vegas to buy Vegas bets. PropSwap is available in many states where there is no sports betting. Use the promo code SGP and you get a 100% deposit bonus for up to $100. That's propswap.com promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by ACE per head. ACE is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus ACE is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com backslash SGP. That's aceperhead.com backslash SGP. Yes. Woo-wee. Welcome. Welcome to the college experience. My name is Colby Swinging Dantabase Dant, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. That's a pick. <laughs> Hello. How's the Australian accent coming? It's uh, it still getting better. Work in progress. <laughs> I'm going to nail this thing one of these days. <laughs> uh, if you're wondering who the, the other complete idiot is on the microphone. It is. <laughs> I like how you uh, make sure they know it's the other complete idiot. Yeah. Because we have two of them. There are two of yeah. us. <laughs> we work in pairs. Uh, give it up for the burrito eating sideline kiss stealing a wheel of dealing former, former James Madison defensive back current douchebag. Patty C in the place to be. I'm just going to let mud take it from me. <laughs> He's got it. Yeah, buddy. That was impressive. Huh? Oh, thank you, mud. Yeah. He's anticipating. <laughs> well, you know what? We got to get a sound bite of this I know. guy. I need a, I, he's got to get earphones and a mic. <laughs> That's right. And just voice whenever he wants to fucking talk. Uh-huh. How are you, pal? Quarantine day fucking 500. I feel like for me, uh, five, <laughs> but it's fucking been a while. What, has me. it been a week now? It's been over a week. It is uh, starting to get weird. And I just learned I will be out of work for the next month and a half. 
I got a feeling it's going to be more than that, buddy. Yeah, this shit is weird. Buckle up. I have a feeling it's going to be about three, four months at Dude, least. a year of like 10% production from our economy. Do you understand what we're about to go into here? We're laughing and like enjoying life right now. This shit's going to get bad fucking fast. Uh, I hope that New York governor is completely wrong when he's when he projected eight or nine months. Yeah. You know what? If it's eight or nine months, that goes to December, bro. That means no football season. That's right. You know what you know <sighs> what we should do? Yeah, that would be fucking miserable. We should like, you know how they have uh like herpes uh websites where people with herpes can like uh go hook up without having to like worry about spreading it because they already got it. Yeah. Right? Coronavirus work sites. You already got it. Just keep working. Yeah, let's like get some production going. I mean, look, yeah. I'm not gonna be the fucker that is like the the kid that tells the teacher, "Hey, uh, you know, you didn't ask for the homework." You know, yeah. but yeah. at some point, if it comes down to me not being able to wipe my ass and having to go to work for a couple of hours a day, I'm gonna go to work. We're gonna be. I mean, dude, if it's nine months, we're fucked. As an economy, we're completely fucked. Yeah. But more so, on a more important level than the economy, is the. Uh, is the fact that we have no sports for nine months. Yeah. It fucks us on so many levels. Stupid virus. But the on the humans are innovative and resourceful. And should this continue to go? I mean, I'm already seeing these marble races online. The esports, as you've mentioned, uh yeah. even uh DJ and only tournament, we'll be previewing it in a little bit here. Boom. Hey, we don't quit. Exactly. We're gonna we we get creative about we ways innovate. to connect. We got the Tecmo Super Bowl tournament going on. I'm currently what, what what's going on over there with that? What huh? is it five to two right now? I'm, mm. ta- I'm taking a shellacking. Mm. I will say one of the games I was supposed to take a, a W in. I was without James Brooks. You almost lost with the Bills. I didn't almost lose with them. You kind of got lucky a lot of times, but you know. All right, how about this? You didn't have James Brooks. You lost thirty-five to seven. Yeah, that, I mean, it hurt. Look, you've scored a touchdown on the last play of the game four out of the seven <laughs> games we played. That includes like two 90-yard Hail Marys. Well, I rise to the occasion. A fumble return for 75 yards. I rise to the occasion. You rub it in. I think Tecmo Super Bowl, that's like a great element of it. You know how like uh, NBA like, Jam, like yeah. they have like dramatic finishes. The comeback all, mode, yeah. Comeback yeah. mode, yeah. Tecmo Super Bowl has fuck you mode on the last <laughs> play of the game. It's like 80% chance of a touchdown. <laughs> Well, when you're playing with a legend like me, we'll be streaming some more games. I re- I'll just guess, just follow the Twitter feed at the Colby D at Patty C831. Um, we got a lot of things to talk about here. I want to talk about a few things like the XFL PJ Walker. Two. He's a Carolina Panther. Wow. Signed today. Then the Panthers sent last year's starting quarterback, Kyle Allen to the Washington Redskins. Uh, Matt rule, not wasting any time getting a familiar face he in town. Signed Teddy Bridgewater. So Teddy Bridgewater and PJ Walker's on this roster. I don't know who the third string would be, but um, I got to believe that PJ Walker will be starting. Teddy Bridgewater. Was like he ever Teddy. a pro bowler? No, no. They had some solid years though. In Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. Capable injury prone, but, but Walker's way more athletic. Yeah. Throws a better ball. Yeah. Yeah, Walker is, yeah, he, he honestly, Walker reminds me a lot like Tyrod Taylor. You know, which, is that better than Teddy Bridgewater? I don't know. I think Walker has a little bit of an extra gear than Tyrod does uh, from a speed standpoint. Um, but I would consider them probably similar quarterbacks. Um, we shall see, buddy. Yeah. But the XFL, 
the Houston Roughnecks undefeated. PJ Walker is going to, he's going to go to the NFL having never lost an XFL game. Boom. XFL legend. (laughs) Uh, But then the other question is what are the Redskins doing? The Redskins. A lot of people thought Cam Newton was going there. Turns out Kyle Allen's the one going there. Maybe perhaps Ron Rivera was like, Hey, fuck a Cam Newton. Well, uh, Colt McCoy is supposedly going to be probably heading down the road, packing his bags away from DC. Uh, obviously, um, uh, Alex Smith isn't making his comeback anytime soon. Uh, so the quarterback position on that roster, who do they have? They have Haskins, Haskins. and they signed, they did sign Logan Thomas, former <laughs> Virginia tech quarterback, current tight end, I believe. Yeah. Well, probably what he should have been playing the entire time in college too. Yeah. Tight end. Right. But he still got drafted. What? Second yeah, round. Second or maybe. third. I think third, yeah. maybe I think. Yeah. Maybe third um, yeah. by the Cardinals. Yeah. But Okay, so now I want to get to my, my before we get into our top tens and our D-Gen madness and everything, which is fantastic and everything. But I just want to throw my dick in the air for a little bit here. Yeah. There's an article over at ESPN.com talking about the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Talking about how uh, the Brady-Belichick relationship and then the, the, the author goes into how detailed the Patriots were on every player of their, he goes, I don't think the, the American or media or, or Patriot fans realize that they go in detail with every single player. They have a, a you know, a dossier essentially. Yeah. Right. Uh, and apparently years ago, this is not even this year mm-hmm. is, uh, they had Tom Brady and they said they had him valued. They think he's a good quarterback, but they, they thought he, he was interchangeable with 15 other quarterbacks. Yeah. And the NFL, including Joe Flacco being one of those that's in their notes. That's published by the way, 15 other fucking quarterbacks that Tom Brady is so my, interchangeable with. You had John or you had a uh, Tom Brady. Number one. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and look, Matt castle went 11 and five as a backup. Yeah. Um, I mean, I shouldn't laugh too much. I had Brady at two, but, um, <laughs> um, Matt Castle, eleven and five. They probably would have ninety nine percent of the time you make the playoffs at eleven and five. Yeah, they didn't make it that year. I gotta, th- I gotta wonder how far they would have gone. If what happens if Matt Castle had won the Super Half Bowl? Half the that time, year? eleven and five gets you a buy. In the I know, round. I know. What would have happened had Castle got in and won the Super Bowl? Would they have pulled the plug? Would they have traded Brady? Uh, I can't imagine they would have traded Brady, but. Uh... It certainly would have tainted and changed. Well, his I mean, legacy. Belichick apparently wanted to go with Garoppolo over Brady. It's true. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady. Look, I'm not going to sit here and shit on the guy and say, like, he didn't accomplish it. I I have watched enough Tom Brady to know that he can do things that Jimmy Garoppolo can never fucking do. I agree with that. But I also, well, I mean, I agree with... Uh, I don't know if he can never do it. Well, here's the thing I think that is very understated in our argument, I guess, on our top 10 quarterbacks. Yeah. When you have one system your whole career. Yeah. It's hard to tell. You can. I I, I still think Brady is is a great quarterback. Yeah. But I will say the fact you've only had one system. Well, he's had a bunch of different offensive coordinators because they ran the same system. Yeah. They all ran the same system. And and at that point, it's kind of like Brady is the real OC there. He gets up to the line. He shuffles the fucking yeah. players around, you know. And he did win those games. Well, yeah. the ones they didn't cheat in. But, I mean, yeah. It's funny how 
Does that taint your number one overall ranking? I mean, it's when their head coach, one of the most legendary coaches of all time says Joe Flacco. Yeah. And 14 other quarterbacks besides Flacco could win a Super Bowl on that team. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is, uh, how much is Joe Montana's legacy, uh, tainted by Steve young? You know, obviously Steve young being one of the better quarterbacks in NFL history. I had young ranked higher than Montana. So there's a point, you know, obviously in your mind that, that made a pretty big difference as far as Montana's legacy. But, um, and I, I understand that argument because physically speaking, he is a superior quarterback to Joe Montana. Um, but Look, if ifs and buts are candy and nuts, I'm just saying. I'm sitting, back on my L- I'm, I'm sitting back on my Elway best quarterback ever. Yeah, and I've I've felt strongly about that, uh, you know, pretty much since I've seen Elway play. Right. Um, and again, an understandable argument. An understandable. I'm, argument. I, well, if Belichick, if you're telling me one of the best minds Look, in football, especially a defensive mind, that's too. fine. That's fine. And and yeah, that's true. I mean, he would have put any number of quarterbacks into the playoffs for, you know, that length of time and probably would have gotten a couple of super bowls with or without. Well, Cause Brady. he was doing it with Bledsoe. Yeah. Well, he, he wasn't there with, I mean, Oh, well, I guess Bledsoe went to the, the one that came in the AFC championship. Well, he was the starting quarterback that year. They went to the, they won the super bowl Yeah, for a lot, for some of it. I mean, uh, was Kraft there when they went in 95, I guess was that yeah, when Kraft they were, was there then when yeah. they're starting to build the, uh, yeah. franchise. Oh, yeah. Um, when they, when they get Terry Glenn, 95 or 94, I believe. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, they, they had been a good team for a while, uh, prior to, um, they had like a year or two with Pete Carroll. That was iffy. I think yeah. they were like seven and nine or nine and seven or something, but yeah, then yeah, that's true. I didn't realize that drew Brett Bledsoe was the quarterback all the way up until the AFC. What was that? The year it was 2001. Yeah. And he even came to the AFC championship and, and without him, you could argue that they, cause Brady was not Brady at that point. Yeah, Brady was playing good football, but he wasn't an uh, offensive. No, Brady juggernaut. was like yeah. uh, Roethlisberger back then. He was a fucking liability. Well, if anything, those Patriot teams, the defense. But Bledsoe came in through a couple of touchdowns, the AFC Championship, yeah, against the Steelers. Yeah, um, I mean, even in the really those first because it was three three Super Bowls in four years for those uh, yeah. Patriots teams. Tom Brady had progressed into one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, by the, but he was not nearly the he best. He still wasn't yeah. the best. Agreed. It that was, defense was money. They it had was Ty like Law, 2006 McGinnis. or 2007 yeah. when Tom Brady like stepped out and was like, Hey, I'm the, I'm better than fucking yeah. Peyton Manning. Yeah. Like, fuck you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but before that, yeah, it was a defensive team. So I agree. Uh, look, if the Steelers who were competitive with the, uh, Patriots for a lot of those years, you know, played them in the uh, AFC championship, were going to the AFC championship. They went there with fucking Neil O'Donnell. Average, yeah. right? Cordell Stewart, average, yeah. you know, spectacular yeah. in ways, but average as a quarterback overall uh, for the NFL. Um, who else? Uh, Roethlisberger, they, right? Or Tommy Maddox. They went Tommy to the Maddox playoffs. They went to the Maddox. AFC yeah. Championship with Maddox. No, no, they went to the AFC. I think they, I went, think they went to the AFC. Yeah, they might have. I think so. I mean, okay. they were going a lot th- at that okay. time. Maybe they, maybe they fell short. I know they won a playoff game with Tommy Maddox. Okay. Maybe, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll have to go back and check on that. Even with Bubby Brister in the early 90s, they, uh, they, they went they, we were watching that the other day. Yeah. They went into the second yeah, round of the yeah. playoffs. So, um, yeah, I think it is. If you're a defensive team, it's possible to take a shitty ass quarterback, but and go deep. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. And if you're a decent, a shitty team with a good quarterback, like the Steelers were with Roethlisberger, you win two Super Bowls. Now Brady's better than Roethlisberger though. Yes. 
What I'm saying though is that it, it's funny though if you were to take away like that that 11-5 season of them not making the playoffs. If you would have had if they would have made the playoffs that year and said they had a run, say they don't even go to the Super Bowl. Say they would they lose in the AFC Championship with Matt Castle. Yeah. You could still go back and say, "Huh. With Bledsoe, they were they were killing yeah. shit. With Brady they with were killing Brady, shit. With Brady they got probably that far. Yeah. Here's I mean, it's so hard to say though because all right, to go back to the Roethlisberger thing, if the Patriots weren't there, the Steelers go to the Super Bowl five times during the Roethlisberger era. It's they lost to the uh, Patriots three different times in the AFC Championship yeah. game while they both were on the field. Uh, so trust me, I made a bunch of money betting the Patriots. I know Belichick has you know he knows, how to, <laughs> he knows you know. how to take oh that too. But I mean, like when that when when they ruled the fumble on the touchdown uh, in the AFC Championship a few years back. Uh, and then the, the next play, Roethlisberger throws an interception, whereas the Steelers would have won and gone to the Super Bowl. Instead, the uh, Patriots go and beat the Falcons and win a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, that was Roger Goodell being a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> uh, there's no other argument. And then, oh, now it's finally time to change the rule because like we we've taken this, you know, to oh. the point where the fans are truly fucking frothing at the mouth about this. Because a, not only do we fuck over the Cowboys, oh, you're talking about the tight end who scores a touchdown. Yeah, that is a touchdown. Yeah, I agree. I thought you were I, for a second. I thought you might have been talking about the original uh, Tuck rule. Oh yeah 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 no no no. There's um, asterisks on this Super Bowls too. Man. Yeah, it's true. But that said, okay, the Patriots went to like what eight straight yeah AFC championship yeah. games. Fucking absurd. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, uh, look, I, I I don't like the Patriots, but you can't deny that. Yeah. You can't deny that. Great organization. But my point I was going to try to make though yeah. would be that if you had Bledsoe leading up to, you had Brady leading up to that. Now Brady could have been the best of the bunch, but then yeah. if you have you Castle, Castle going to an AFC Championship, and then if you add in. The Brissette and and Garoppolo time yeah, where successes. they they, yeah. they were they were successful they were winning the games yeah then uh it, it, you start it to wonder yeah it, it it puts an asterisk a little asterisk next to Tom Brady's uh, accomplishments you know what's funny about those Patriots teams I heard too that uh, as far as a uh, like you said they have a dossier on yeah every player on their roster and probably every player in the league yeah supposedly they would have that on the referees. Like they I heard would, that too, man. They would know yeah. exactly what the refs were going to call and like the tendencies. Yeah, yeah. How to like finagle like each referee. He does not call pass interference much. So don't throw it to that side of the field. Some shit like that. Yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Get a little more physical with the wide receivers. It's almost like, uh, was it Lenny Dykstra? That was, uh, yeah, I think it was Lenny Dykstra hired a PI to follow around umpires to catch them cheating. Really? Their wives. And then, and then he would blackmail them and say, Hey, that, that you know that that fifty fifty ball better be called a strike or better be called a ball. Really, to a strike. And that, if you look at it, the year that he did was the best year of his career to get on base. <laughs> he cashed in with like a seventy million dollar payday or something after that. So it was actually like a genius move by him. Amazing legal financial I mean. <laughs> investment on his part. Yeah, jeez, but, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. That, so that, hey, sometimes you know cheaters are uh, cheaters do prosper. They do prosper. <laughs> Okay, um, I want to tell you guys that the college experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Las Vegas is closed, and for the first time, Vegas casinos just aren't even doing shit right now. They're all closed. But you know what casino is open 24-7 and accessible right from the comfort of your home? That's right, MyBookie.ag's casino. They're even running a free $10,000 Blackjack Madness tournament. 
I mean, who doesn't want to be a part of that? They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer support team. And if you join right now, MyBookie will match your offer, match your deposit. I'm sorry, match your offer. Match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use the promo code SGP to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code SGP to get your extra cash from MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid over at MyBookie.ag. Boom. Patty C. You load up that tech mobile tournament. We're going to go to that in a minute. Load it up though. Okay. Cause I got to talk about this DJ this DJ madness, which is awesome. I got to, I got the opportunity. We did a test game last week. That was Dayton against Kansas. Yep. Now this is off of NBA 2k 30 teams. Uh, unfortunately we couldn't do 64. So we don't have a lot of the mid majors. Only a couple mid majors made this thing, mm-hmm. but uh, and then we even like teams like North Carolina and Washington made the tournament because they were in the game. Yeah, unfortunately, those are the only two that would have not been in the tournament. Yeah. Some of the other ones maybe borderline. Which uh, what it's on it? What system? I believe Xbox. Xbox. Yeah. Um, but what's the what's the game? NBA Two K. NBA Two K. Two K Twenty. I guess. Okay, I was about yeah. to say. <laughs> Whatever. I'm playing Twenty Year Old yeah, Games. Two K Twenty. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, okay. So for this to work, the one seeds get buys. Now we're giving away $3,000 to whoever picks the best bracket. First place, $3,000. I think there's some other prizes after that. 3,000 for the first place. Yes. Jeez. And, and it's kind of fun. Like I said, like, I, I really think if you tune into this stuff, you guys will dig it. You know, me and Sean and Kramer, we're announcing this and, you know, well, I, not to toot the old horn here, but I think we're I think we're funny guys. So announcing it is certainly stupid. Announcing it was fun. Yeah, if like, people are not aren't laughing with you, they're going to be laughing at you. That's yeah. for sure. It was like the game was in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, at the at the you know uh, the Jayhawk Stadium, mm-hmm. and we were having fun because they were showing the crowd, and I see all these black people in the crowd, you know, and I'm like, man, it's gotten <laughs> a lot more diverse. Fish in, out of water in, in Lawrence, Kansas, recently. Yeah, but. That's what I mean. It's like we're tuning in. You tune in. You're you're not only going to watch what was it was much more entertaining than I thought it was. Coming into it, I was like I was a bit of a skeptic. Yeah, I was like I don't know about this idea, guys. But after after my first game experience, the esports. Now, do you like? Do you just watch the the presentation that uh we're, we're, NBA or what is it? Two K twenty twenty gives you. And we announce what's going on. Do you pause it and like do your own replays or do you just go with uh, what, what they're doing? Well, I go with what they're doing, but at the yeah. first, you know, obviously it's four quarters. It's not two halves because it's NBA. Yeah. So we get breaks in there to recap what was going on. Gotcha. Give a little, but I mean, it, it was a ton of fun breakdown. and the lot and, and we had this line that we just kind of came up with of like, uh, I think it was Kansas minus three and a half and it was in play until like the final seconds of the game. So it was perfect. A lot of fun. And uh, look, we're all sports deprived right now. So what better time to bet some action on some, some on, on our own. Look, you thought, you thought the college basketball season was over. It turns out it's not, it's gone into the virtual world. All right. That's right. If you ever watched the movie, Tron and enjoyed it. Well, this is our version of fucking That's right. Tron, we're, right? We're, this is the society. This is the world forcing us to take the next step. Yeah. You know, sports yeah. are done. Esports is the future of the world. You exactly. Know? Pretty soon we're going to become digital, digitalized ourselves. Look, uh, well, I'm hoping and that be in NBA 2K20. I'm hoping that you know if I can make it a good 80 years of life, and I die, there'll then be a digital version of me announcing the games. You know, yeah. either that or I want my stem cell injections. All there right? you go. Point is, I want to live on forever. Get a little right? bit of both. 
I'm going to freeze myself like what Disney did, you know? There you go. All right, but look. We Speaking are announcing which, every one of these games. What's up? Some girl just uh, died in one of those cryo-freeze chambers, you know, the cryotherapy. She died in it. Yeah, man. Froze herself to death. She's a flip. No bueno. Uh, we're trying to get this guy a Modelo beer. We're struggling over oh, here. Th- yeah. Thought, thought it turned off for a second there. It did not. We're good. Apparently. We're still going. Um, someone died. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still trying to freeze myself. I'm 90 years old. I'm going to do the, the Walt Disney route. Demolition Man style. There you go. I want to live a now long Now, let me life. ask you this. What do you think your, uh, your stats would be? Like uh, an NBA 2K20. What would be... For me as a player or an announcer? I guess, yeah. You, you as an announcer wouldn't have any stats. But if, if we had to convert you like into one of the players. Oh, I mean, I'd be pretty fucking awesome. You know what, I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what are we looking at? Speed. Are you above 50 speed? Now? Or, or at any point in <laughs> at my any life? <laughs> right now, are you above 30? No. No. Right now, I'm a fucking piece of shit. I've been quarantined in my apartment for two weeks. That's true. We're lucky to walk around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think for sure I'd be a fucking phenomenal player. I could see myself high socks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Gotta yeah, go high socks. How would Keith you Van Horn style. Would you give a little, uh, what is that, semi-pro with the big headband? I could do a headband. I could rock the old headband. Yeah. You know? Keith Van Horn what was one of the last guys to just throw the dick in the air with the high socks. Who? Uh, Jason Terry, I think dude. Kerry Kittles. Was yeah, he a high Jason Terry, I think yeah. dude. Kerry Kittles. <laughs> they need to come, that needs to come back. Yeah, it should be. It definitely needs to come back. All right, but look, we're announcing each and one of these, uh, DJ madness games. And like I said, it's a 30, it's a 30 game tournament. So Kansas and Dayton being the top seeds, they don't play in the first round, mm. but you have until Thursday to get your bracket in because Thursday, March 26th at 6 p.m. on the Pacific time zone. Butler, an eight seed against at Michigan. Or no, how does this work? No, Butler would be the higher seed. So it'd be Michigan at Butler. Hinkle Fieldhouse, where I was at just a few months ago before the, the dagger was dra- dropped on the college basketball season. Mm, Patty C. Butler, Michigan. We don't have a line yet, but we're working on that. It should be up on my bookie. I think at Talk some about point. two uh, Jekyll and Hyde teams. Yeah. I mean, look, you got to think Kamar Baldwin, Xavier Simpson is the matchup here. Yeah. Um, Juwan Howard never coached in a tournament. What, what are you thinking here? Who are you going to go with? I mean, Butler was so much. Michigan got a lot of hype and was overrated early. Uh, Butler was actually very good early. They really sucked down the stretch. Yeah. Michigan started to show some signs of life. Same with Butler showed a little bit signs of life towards the end. Yeah. A little bit. You're right. Uh, Baldwin, the more spectacular player of the two to me. Yeah. Um, what do you think? You tell uh, me. You're buddy. a Michigan guy. You're going to go Michigan. I'm going to back Butler. Look, I was at Hinkle Field. I, think, this I year. think Butler's a better team, but I think that they just suck so bad down the stretch. But yeah, and you got to wonder if the game is going to want the blue blood. I wonder if the game knows it's a blue blood. Do you think they have that kind of bias? I have no idea. Maybe. I'm going to say Butler, too. I'm going to ride Butler as well. We got the Bulldogs advancing. Um, next, a 413 matchup on Friday, April 3rd, 6 p.m. Florida State Seminoles. Or wait, should I, I? Let me just do this this Thursday's game. Let me just get the Thursdays. 
All right. The other Thursday matchup, our rematch of the na- the national championship just a few years ago. This is at Thursday, uh, obviously March 26th, seven o'clock Pacific coast time. The Gonzaga Bulldogs ho- hoisting, hosting. <laughs> that's a, uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> no, that, that's a, that's a Chris Farley line. Oh, okay. uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Who was uh, Carolina versus who? Gonzaga's a two seed. Carolina's a 15 seed. Can Carolina come into Spokane? No. Oh, is, someone this, said that we don't pronounce Spokane correctly. Is it Spokane or Spokane? I got to think it's Spokane. I don't it know. It looks what like it is. Spokane, but that's how I, I think an idiot would pronounce it. If really? Because I, I call it cocaine and not cocaine. Co- cocaine? <laughs> uh, yeah. We're fucking idiots. You're an idiot. <laughs> uh, who are you going with? Uh, I think Gonzaga kills him. Because uh, you got you got to wonder the Jordan effect on this. It's a video game. Uh, yeah. I don't have a line, but I'm taking the Tar Heels in the points. I'll put it like that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I mean they showed enough like uh, grit. They, yeah, they played enough teams close, enough good teams close that, and they they just got bad luck all season. 2020 fits uh, UNC like a glove. <laughs> okay, then on Friday, uh, March 27th, 6 p.m. Pacific Coast time. The Auburn Tigers as an eight seed hosting the Ohio State Buckeyes as a nine seed. Yeah. I think Auburn would throttle Ohio State. Ohio State playing better ball second half of the season, though. Well, aside from again, they had the same uh, path as Michigan. Yeah. Where they're great at first shit the bed really at the exact same time. Yeah. And then started to get better at the end. Um. but Pearl, our guy. So you're going chalk on all three. You're give taking me, three favorites. Give me the used car salesman. Bruce Pearl. Yeah, yeah you got to go. He sold me. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> you got that Chevrolet sitting out front now, you filthy bastard. Up. Right. <laughs> you know what? Give me the Buckeyes. There's got to be an upset. This oh, is one of the upsets. There it is. I hate to say, give me the Buckeyes. That should never be said on the podcast. Yeah, it should right? never come out of your fucking mouth. Um, and then later... Friday, March 27th, later in the day, the Baylor Bears at the number two seed host the Washington Huskies. Patty C, the Washington Huskies are a 15 seed. This game's in Waco. They played earlier this year in Washington, beat them on November 5th. Yeah. Baylor would whip their ass at this point. Although Baylor choking so fucking hard down the stretch, <laughs> yeah. it's concerning. And Washington got kind of hot down the stretch. Hmm. It makes it tough. Uh,. I would still take Baylor and a close one. I'm going to take Baylor as well. Yeah. All right. So those are the four games. Guys, there's a bunch of other games happening. The whole bracket is up. Uh, we will preview these games as the uh, week continues on and, and as the tournament continues on. But come on. Look, you got the LaFrance reason, region because Rafe LaFrance is a Kansas alum. There you go. And Kansas is the one seed. And then down in the other region, you have the Paxson region. And that is because Dayton is the one seed and a little guy by the name of Jim Paxson went to Dayton, brother of John Paxson. Is that right? Yeah. Played for the Boston Celtics for a while. Man, the Paxson bros. All right. <laughs> Compare these two guys for me. The Bulls during that era, mm-hmm. you know, had a, had a little formula. Kind of decent but disposable center, whether it be Bill Cartwright or fucking oh, we uh, talk about that Luke too. Longley. Yeah. You know, then they had like a, from... 
really the two and three spots were always fucking diesel. When Rodman came, their four. Well, I guess their four spot with uh, Horace Grant, Grant or yeah. Uh, fuck yeah. yeah. So two through four, they were always diesel, and then uh, usually a little white shooter. Not even point. a white shooter at all times. Craig Hodges was a shooter for them too. That's right. BJ Paxton. Armstrong. I don't know if he was a shooter as much, but no, that's so his true point. Yeah, he was more a defensive good guy. But but they had Paxson, uh, Kerr. <laughs> well, no, and uh, Craig Hodges. Those three. Yeah. Those three could all gun. Okay. Yeah. Now, who was the better of the? Uh, if strictly... I had to throw money down, uh, who was the better shooter? Yeah. I think Kerr was the best shooter. Yeah. Hodges maybe though. Best defender, I think, might have been Paxson. Yeah, I think Paxson was the best of them. Yeah. He was athletic. Yeah. But Kerr was just one-dimensional as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Nice to be able to have... You, that's when you know you have a great team, when you can have a guy that's completely one-dimensional. Kerr did it on the Spurs, too, dude. They were like, yeah, let's... let's. We have this guy that... Wait, we have we have two centers, two gigantic big men that, that can... Can clog the lane entirely. Can draw double teams and yeah. kick it out, and you have Steve Kerr. Yeah, just blasting He's threes. like the per- most perfect player for that. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um... How about this though? I'm glad you brought this up because Kenny Smith recently said, I don't know if you saw this press clipping Mm -mm. that he still feels very strongly and he's upset that they never got the chance because he said the Rockets would have beaten the Bulls both years. Mm. I've argued this. They didn't play the next season Were the Rockets not in the league the following year. What do you mean? Jordan was not, not Jordan left for baseball. No. Oh, you're talking about that. 94, 94, 95. Well, when they came back in 96 full time, when Jordan was there for the entire year. No, but that Rockets team was completely different. They, they had still Barkley, had a They had that team. That, no. The, if uh, anything, they got Barkley. That should have No, fucking, I thought the team. They got Barkley. He was too old, man. He was too old, but that they traded mean you away Cassell and Ori. Like they, Ooh, they traded them away yeah, at that point. Yeah, to get Barkley. I didn't realize that. Yeah, Cassell, Ori, some, some other role. Mario Elliott, I think, got traded in oh, that that's too. that's a lot. Yeah. Of, yeah, that team. Interesting. Well, I've always argued. That the Rockets would have beat him. Here's the thing. The Don't take this to the Spurs. Magic beat the fucking uh, Bulls that year. But and that's then, because Jordan was coming back. He was clearly. And then the Rockets swept the Magic. So, but, I mean, but Jordan was not 100% Jordan. Jordan scored 55 in his second game back coming out of retirement. But he still didn't look like. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he looked like Michael Jordan. The, they just weren't like. So wait, you're saying in '94 if they meet, they in, would. They go to the Eastern Conference Finals that year. Or was it the second round that they went to? Uh, Which year? In the 1995 playoffs is the year that he came back. Two coach hit the game winner. No, no, no. no that's '94, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, let me see. They lost to the Magic. Yeah, I don't know if that was in the Eastern Conference Finals, but if it was, I don't think it was because didn't the Magic play the. Pacers? Maybe they played the Knicks. I don't, I don't know. know. Now I got to yeah. fucking look. But my point is, though, is I've argued for a while that this Rockets team would have beaten the Bulls because the one clear weakness of the Bulls was that they were starting Luke Longley. And then you had, in my opinion, the greatest center that I've they ever beat seen the play. Bulls in the second round. Okay. And so, yeah, there you go. That was that was the Bulls almost at full strength. Now, what happened between 95 and 96? Uh, the Bulls got fucking uh, Dennis, Rodman. Dennis Rodman, and the Rockets got Barkley and traded away everyone. Yeah, yeah. They traded away all their pieces. So all their young pieces. That's a dumb trade. It's true. It's a that, very dumb trade. It would have been right. interesting because, like, uh, that Knicks team had been knocking on the door against the Bulls. Ninety-two, I want to say they went seven. Ninety-three, they went six games. Ninety-four, Jordan was yeah. finally gone. Yeah. Uh, so they they and that up. was with Ewing. And I think Elijah wants a much one thing whether you're. Stupid David Robson argument. One thing we can agree is that Elijah was much better than Patrick Ewing. 
I don't know that he was much better. Oh my god, you disturb me, dude. Dude, you just—you are a true hater of. of I'm not a hater of Elijah. I think you just want to suck this guy's dick. Why would I want to do that? I don't know, but you seem like you do. Dude, I I wasn't even a Rocket fan prior to this. I just watched him and I I was like... Statistically, there's nothing that suggests that Akeem Olajuwon is leaps and bounds better than either of them. In fact, uh, uh, statistically speaking, he and Robinson are basically... Statistically speaking, you could say Mitch Richmond had better years than Michael Jordan. Who's better? Could you really say that? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not a fair comparison. So, uh, stats can feed you a bunch of bullshit. Uh, Ewing had a great career. Okay, he was certainly the more influential uh, player, uh, popularly also, in the league. He also was notorious for choking. He was a, he was a clutch player at his own time, uh, in his uh, own right. Don't don't tell me that, dude. I'm a, I was a Nick fan. Don't fucking tell me that. <laughs> Look, he that had no hope. Guy. He had no hope. What do you mean? <laughs> Ewing was the only All Star on that fucking team. That was a good team, dude. Oakley was good. Stars was deep. good. They Mason were... was good. Okay. Charlie Derek Wood. Harper was good. Derek Harper was good. He was probably. I'm saying, dude, their yeah. bench had Greg Anthony, Monty Williams. They had decent players. I don't care. Like a team nowadays, usually teams, maybe back in the day, you could get away with having two stars and winning the championship. In no point in history could you ever have one star and win a championship. And that's all the Knicks ever had. So who was the, the Rockets' other star in 94? Well, I guess they couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Who Get the fuck out of here. Who was their other star? No. Drexler wasn't on the team. It was Otis Thorpe. Was their number two? So look, they Good went. Lord. Elijah won. Uh, Thorpe. Small forward. That year is an anomaly in NBA history. No, that year was fucking amazing. Because look, look, name one other year where you don't have like two Hall of Fame guys on the roster. Well, the NBA does cater to their stars. You're like right. when you when you go back, all right, uh, Dumars and fucking uh, uh, starting Thomas, in 1990, yeah. Dumars and Thomas, then the George, uh, Bulls had Jordan and Pippen, Rockets had fucking Akeem for that one year, right? And, and he was against a guy who only they, yeah. they were going against a team that only had one star. <laughs> uh, and Ewing, um, they had Drexler the next, then it was the Bulls again with um, probably three Hall of Famers, then you had Robinson and Duncan, then you had fucking uh, Shaq and Kobe, then you had Robinson and Duncan again. That's yeah, horrible. Then those Pistons teams, that one Pistons yeah. team may not have had yeah, two true shorts. That's my favorite. That's my favorite team to probably win a they championship. They were a fun one. Yeah. At, like, and then beating the Lakers. That was so yeah. fucking great. Dude, that was, <laughs> I love that Pistons team, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right, though. That's NBA sucks, dude. Why are we talking NBA? Yeah. All right. Because right? <laughs> there's nothing else to talk about. Uh, okay. Where the hell? Do you have that Tecmo tournament up? Uh, I do. What what is our second rounds or what first round games do we have left? First round games left. The ten seed, the Chargers are going against the twenty three seed, the Jets. I'm going to take another loss in that one. Would we set that line at six or something? Or no, you said more than that, right? Uh, is it seven and a half? That line, I don't think we. Uh, you might have said the line. I don't we know. We said it right now. Write it in there so I don't have to guess every Dude, time because we're going to play these games okay. in like ten minutes. All right, we're gonna. I'll, I'll write it up top. This is. Uh, what do you think is fair? Seven and a half? Hell no! For the Jets, the Chargers can't blow out anybody. Give me the Chargers by ten and a half. Oh my! I God. think you're shorting these lines so you can be a safe cover. <laughs> I think I'm gonna beat you regardless. All right. I think ten and a half. I'm is thinking even small. nine and a half. That's my dick. Hello. Whoa. <laughs> we'll say uh, Chargers by ten. Man, the Jets are good, man. No, they're not. They're underrated because Altoon is a fucking machine. 
All right. Chargers 10. There it is. All right. Kansas city, new England. <laughs> I, I think I set this one at like 19. <sighs> it should be even more. Dude, it's Derek Thomas against that Tecmo Super Patriots Bowl. offense. I'm going to say brutal. 16 and a half. Really? <laughs> we'll say 17, 18. We'll settle on 18. Just because I'm going to bleed the clock. That's how you know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a factor. <laughs> uh, okay. Dude, if Derek Thomas goes off, I might not be able to gain a yard. Are you aware of that? <laughs> That's true. You have the best defensive player. Probably in the whole yeah. game. All right. Bears, Browns. This will be a good game. I think we said last time two and a half. I think it was two and a half bears, bears by two. two and a half. Right. Okay. Yeah. So those are the round one games left. Uh, then we also have two more. Okay. Denver Phoenix, Denver by seven. Okay. That even might be uh generous to Denver or generous to Phoenix or generous to Denver. Seven uh, and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, dolphins, uh, Seahawks. Probably 17. Yeah, that's a 17 point. Yeah. All right. Cool. Lines are set. Okay. Now then let's preview what, what round two games we got. This is uh, me and Patty C going head to head in Tecmo Super Bowl, Tecmo Super Bowl tournament. We have been uh, live streaming this over at our Periscope at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I also retweeted from at the Colby D. Um, Second get round games on one side of the bracket are already set. Uh, 49ers and Redskins. I say 49ers by 12. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we have uh, Green Bay, the upset minded mm. Green Bay mm. Packers uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles with Randall Cunningham. Are those both my teams, too. Huh? They are. Unfortunately. Uh. Throw yeah. that dick in you the gotta air. I think Eagles by 10. Right? Eagles by Eagles, Eagles by 13. Struggled against. Uh, Against Atlanta, they did. Maybe that, that'll affect the line. We'll say Eagles <laughs> by 11. Okay. Eagles by 11. All right. And then Raiders, Rams, an all LA matchup. Here. Oh, I love it. Oh, Raiders got to be big favorites, though. Not that much. You can throw the ball up in the air. Who's stopping Bo on that defense? No one. Kevin Green? <laughs> no, not having it. Um, Raiders by nine? Raiders by at least 10. Yeah, Raiders by saying. 10. Okay. Raiders by 10. Yeah. Uh, and then last one was uh, Vikings, Bills. That's fun. It's a decent game. You got to obviously favor Buffalo, but I'm, I'm going to enjoy playing that one. <laughs> I get to be the dog and I, I like being the dog. There you go. You always have a lot um, of fun. Bills by what? Six? Uh, Bills by seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. All right. The lines are set. Tecmo madness happening. <laughs> We're giving you all these types of sports. Esports. Live straight in. Okay. This is our episode for top 10. We did top 10 quarterbacks, college football and NFL. You should go. If you haven't heard them go back They're on our, on our feed, you can all, if you're going to go back and do that, you might as well just go give us a nice iTunes review. Patty C. Can they give us an iTunes review? Look, I understand the world's coming to an end, but all these people are stuck in their fucking houses and they don't have the decency <laughs> to go over to, Right. To to iTunes and give us a good fucking review. You're watching porn for six That's hours a day. Saying, man. The least you can do is just go over there. Do a little word porn for yeah, us. You're watching old film of fucking, you know, your Arizona Wildcats back when they had Khalid Reeves. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you don't have enough time to go fucking leave us a good iTunes review. Yeah. Look, we're bringing you. This is Apocalypse Radio. Yeah. 
You know, so that sounds good, man. I like that. Apocalypse Radio, man. Boom. We're here to provide you people with the sports that your 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 blood craves. Where else are you gonna hear classic arguments? You know what I mean? Like uh like I don't know, some of the we had a dumb one last episode, I feel like. We're arguing something We're stupid. We're always arguing something pretty stupid, but uh <laughs> <laughs> But it was like no, it was like nineteen eighties football we were arguing or something. Uh, but we're going to do more of that because we got our top 10 college football wide receivers and our top 10 NFL wide receivers of all time. Oh, and we're, we're going to have some disagreements here. Oh, I'm sure. Because here's the thing about like quarterbacks and running backs. There's only one on each team. Really? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the bell cow. Uh, and uh, wide receivers, there's like three or four, you know, yeah. it can really change. There's a lot more variables, you know, they, they run, they catch, they block. Are we doing college first? Then we did college first last yeah, time, right? We'll stick with that format. All right. Top 10 college overseers. But before I tell you who the 10th one is, I want to tell you that the college experience and the sports gambling podcast network are brought to you by DJ madness. Yep. You heard it here first. I just talked about it. We're giving away $3,000 for our virtual NCAA tournament. The games are simulated on NBA 2k 20. I think that's supposed to mean. Apparently I'm a moron for calling it NBA 2k and stream live with SGP commentary. 30 teams are in the tournament. The tournament tips off Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. So get those brackets in now. Your chance to win $3,000. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash contest. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash contest. All right. Patty C, your 10th best. Now, I'm going to start this off by making a qualifying statement here. Okay. And defending myself prior to you ripping my list apart here. Okay. College football is a different sport than pro football to a large extent yes. for, for reasons. There's Colby, 130 teams. There's a yeah, much bigger field of teams. Uh, as Colby pointed out pre episode, there's not as much speed on the field in college football. And so a, a very fast player makes a much bigger impact in the college game than he does in the pros. And he can be used in more ways and specifically as it relates to the wide receiver position, having a dude that can take reverses and shit and return punts yeah. changes the game more than it would in the pros where you're kind of like really specialized on being a receiver yeah. strictly, yeah, yeah. you know? And so uh, my list is littered with more athletes than pure receivers, at least at the college level. Obviously when we get to the pros, that's a different type of receiver that we're looking at. But for me, number 10, Deshaun Jackson. Oh, I like Deshaun Jackson. He was nasty at Cal. I know he had that, uh, was it Tennessee they were playing where he had that nasty punt return? He's a great punt returner. Yeah. Uh, he had a couple decent years off the tip. It's funny how some of these guys uh, really came out the gates as freshmen and sophomores and had great stats, and then something happens their junior year before they come out where, you know, they, they have a, the junior slump. But, um, I mean, some of them get injured. A few of them are playing less games. I want to say the next guy on my list also had a similar situation. But, uh, yeah, just in terms of a guy that had to be accounted for at all times and, uh, you know, took Cal, he and Marshawn Lynch at the time, um, if I'm not mistaken, both uh, put Cal in a position where they were good and extended their stay uh, before they fell off on what is a more permanent basis. Now, were but, you sold that he was going to be nasty in the NFL after seeing he was him in small, uh, any of these small guys, uh, you always have to wonder how well that's going to translate. Um, so the next guy on my list did not translate as well, but, uh, Deshaun Jackson did. He had a good pro career too. So, okay. Yeah. He's still in the league, I believe. Right. 
I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, my next guy, mm. or my tenth guy. I'm trying to decide if I want to go with this. Mm-mm-mm. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Lavishka Chenault mm-hmm. as my tenth. I was gonna go Troy Walters, who was a, a Stanford wide receiver. He had a longer career because he stayed all four years. Yeah. But uh, as far as the impact in a game, Chenault is up there. Yeah. Chenault on a team that's otherwise not very super good. talented right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, definitely stands out as like, hey, he's keeping them in games against. Uh, they moved him all by himself. At yeah. Quarterback, at running back, at wide receiver. Uh, yeah. And he's just. The thing about Chenault that's interesting that kind of separates him from a lot of the fleas that are on my list is that he is big enough. That you can almost like run him between the tackles. Yeah, you yeah. can run wildcat with him. Yeah, he's As a beast. Nebraska found out. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I know he's battling an injury, so I think his stock dropped a little bit. He was supposed to go. I think they had him like top fifteen, top twenty. I think now he's looking at like end of the first round. Oof. So, bit by the old injury bug. Hey, it happens a lot in Colorado. I feel like. Yeah. So well, let me ask you this: Do you believe in the theory that playing at that high of an altitude perhaps injures you more? Absolutely. Cause I, dude, I'm telling you, following Colorado football for a long time, yeah, I always feel like the players get injured a lot there. Sure, I think uh, anytime you like play in extreme conditions, whether it be like the Florida heat yeah. and you're like bound to cramp up, or like Colorado where you're bound to like pop something because your body's all tight, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, not good. I've always felt that, dude. I always felt that way watching. I'm like, how the fuck is our star player always? Right. Like, Which, again, we're going to circle back here, if you don't mind, and talk about how teams at a higher elevation and in colder weather climates are at a disadvantage when the game is being played in these bowl games and warm weather locations, you know? Or, or just in general, how, you know, I always say that, uh, well, I mean, the Pac-12's record stands for itself at home. They have the best percentage. Out of you know th- throughout well now it'd be six years but for th- when I did this it was last summer yeah five years of data uh, I actually did five years and I did all the way up to fifteen years yeah but regardless they were number one both times uh, at hosting yeah other power five other teams. power fives number Highest two was the percentage. Big Twelve the worst I think was the, was SEC. the SEC yeah yeah I mean they play also played the least amount of games away but. To, to, to be fair to them. Right. But, but that doesn't make any difference as far as percentages are concerned. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, but I got, I got Chanel at number 10. I almost put in Troy Walters. So, uh, but go with your number nine wide receiver. My number nine guy statistically is probably the least uh, from a wide receiver standpoint, from a strictly uh, pass catching standpoint among the least impressive on the list is uh, like I said, he, he, he really, 46 catches freshman year, 45 a sophomore, and only 22 catches his junior Oof. year. Um, that said, uh, rushing and uh, kick returning was um, on a different level um, and always a touchdown threat. I'm talking about DeAnthony Thomas at Oregon. It was just something – that was when Oregon was – like Firing. competing for yeah. national championships. He was fast as shit. He was fast as fuck and agile as shit. And he would just make it look easy. Like, you know, that Barry Sanders play where he like turns the guy on the Cowboys around and no one knows he did that to a dude. I don't know if I think it was against like Oregon state maybe, or maybe it was like a lower level team where he made the guy turn around like six times. 
Mm. It was the it was the most disgusting, like unfair, like m- almost mean as shit thing to do to someone. Uh, it's like dunking on someone, pulling down your pants, and like butt facing them. That's basically what he did on the football field. And I was like, "Good lord, man!" <laughs> like different. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my number my number nine is gonna be a guy you're gonna be like, "Who?" Yeah. Okay. But if you ever watched Rice football, <laughs> oh man, I can already tell you I don't know who you're talking about. Okay, check out the name Jarrett Dillard. Okay. Jarrett Dillard. This guy was an absolute fucking stud. All right. Dancer Bay's giving Rice a little shine. I love it. Dude, when you look at these stats, just look up Jarrett. That's, that's with a T, not with a D. Okay. Two T's at the end. Yeah. Dillard, Rice stats, and you're going to be sitting there like, holy fuck. This guy, and he was drafted. He was he played in the NFL for a little bit. Yeah. But, oh my God, in college was this guy filthy. Let me see if I can pull these up here. Uh... I yeah, mean, geez. His sophomore year, he had 91 catches. 91, 79, 87 his senior year. Jeez. That's filling up the stat sheet. Almost 300 career receptions as a college 60 player. 60 touchdowns in college. That's that's a fucking lot. He had, he had 55 touchdowns in three years. I like you giving your shine to the, uh, giving some shine to these guys. Jarrett Dillard, man. Boom. The guy was an animal. I, I look, I remember watching them. I think they played Texas and he was lighting up when he was going up against top notch competition at Texas and he's still getting his yards. Now they were getting their ass kicked, yeah. but he was still, but getting, still his getting his yards. Yeah. Looks like he went on to play for uh, the Jaguars. Yeah, I believe so. Right. How long did he last in the league? No, this lions, Jaguars, yeah, Cardinals. He was, he was a, a journeyman, but I can tell you this. The guy would put up his stats in the college yeah. ranks. Yeah, he was nasty. Uh, and a, a Bolitnikov Award finalist in 2006. There okay, go, so man. not they would completely... never give it to a guy from Rice. Those yeah. bastards. Yeah, dang. Uh, Walter Camp All American 2006 and 2008. Uh, Two times Sports Illustrated All American. Give the guy some love. 2008. All right, Colby, the database flexing on us with some Rice knowledge. Digging there. deep, did score a touchdown in the NFL too. Nice. All right, <laughs> just <laughs> only one. one. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, moving on to number eight here. Uh, for me, this is in terms of wide receiver that I looked at. He was great in college, but he was just one of those dudes just from a physique standpoint that maybe impressed me so much because I know, I knew he was a pro football prototype as I was watching him. And he made a lot of plays. There are other guys that came close to making the list like, uh, Andre Johnson from, uh, Miami, Miami yeah. and then even some guys that you guys are going to hate me that didn't make my list like uh, Julio Jones and AJ Green at Georgia. Julio Jones didn't make it either for me and that, because they didn't throw him the rock back then. Yeah. Like they throw it way more for Ridley. It was a run based team or Jerry Judy than they did than they did Julio yeah. Jones back then. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like it's well it's like Michael Westbrook. Michael Westbrook was a phenomenal talent for Colorado in the 90s but they didn't throw him the rock enough. Yeah. They're a run heavy team. Yeah. You know exactly. Jeez, they had Westbrook and Cruz. They were loaded on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, Des Bryant uh, was a freak at Oklahoma State and uh, just uh, made a lot of great plays. You know, they're, they're obviously um, mullet guy, homie. Uh, Mike Gundy? Gundy likes to throw the ball around, but he's, he, he kind of runs a balanced system. He's had some guys, Blackman. Uh, who's the guy you mentioned before? Uh, he's on my list. I don't want to say that. Yet. Okay. Um, but, uh, <laughs> d- 
Des, can't give away my jewels. Fair enough. You know, Des Bryant stood out to me though as an excellent wide receiver and uh, one that was kind of uncoverable at the time. I would agree with that. Des Bryant was pretty filthy. And he took it to Dallas and had it there for a few years before his he fell off. His career kind of fell off fast in the NFL. Yeah, he hit a wall. Yeah, yeah. But while he was uh, in his yeah. f- those first few, few yeah, years at nasty. Dallas, yeah. he was nasty. All right, my number eight wide receiver. Uh, I'm going to take you to the Carrier Dome. Nice. I'm Always a fun place to go. I'm going to take you to a guy named Marvin Harrison who used to absolutely shit. Him and McNabb yeah. had Syracuse playing. At, uh, people don't remember this. One of the better games that I probably college football games that I've ever seen is the Syracuse-Tennessee game. The year Tennessee went to the national championship and won. T. Martin, I believe the final score was 33-31. Yeah. Um if memory serves me correct, but that game was amazing. And people don't realize that Tennessee went undefeated that year. That yeah, was those the one loss that, 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 I mean, they were losing Tennessee had to pull that out of their ass. To, I think they hit a field goal at the final, like a fucking long field goal. Yeah. At the gun to win that. Yeah. But the McNabb Harris. Yeah. That, those Q's teams were very good back then. Yeah. But, uh, McNabb Harrison and Harrison was a beast in the dome and the, like the spe- his, he was a fast receiver in general. Yeah. But then in the dome, yeah, Harrison. Um, it was almost like Greatest Show on Turf style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get to a little more about Harrison later, but um, oh, see, on your, did he did he qualify? He didn't make it on my okay. colleges, and uh, quite frankly, yeah. he didn't make it on my pro list. So maybe we just get to it right now. For me, Harrison is penalized in the same way that I penalized some of the guys on the actual Greatest Show on Turf by a being part of a system that was geared toward generating statistics for them, which they generated a shit ton of statistics. Clearly. Um, Harrison though, if he was just a little bigger and more physically like imposing, then I would have given him a little more credit, but he was nasty and he but was right on the Thomas, fringe. Huh? <laughs> the Anthony Thomas <laughs> was a threat to score every time he touched <laughs> the ball. Trust me. Harrison was too. And before Harrison, they had a guy named Quadre Ishmael. Oh, Quadre Ishmael. Was I mean that Syracuse love those speed m- missile, the yeah, missile, the missile, man, the, those the, in the dome, man. So I got Marvin Harrison at number eight. Who is your number seven college football wide receiver of all time? Uh, this one's a little questionable. I'll admit this, but he just stood out to me. Obviously being a, a big blue fan, uh, stood out to me, but, uh, Braylon Edwards. No, not, not gonna, not gonna I, 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 I understand that David Terrell was a better college wide receiver than Braylon Edwards. Braylon Edwards was a more physically gifted wide receiver. Six, four, six, five, big, long arms, huge, strong, Created separation, not so much with his speed, but with his body. An amazing possession receiver. Uh, look, at that time, Michigan was still like pulling in yeah, talent and, and competing with <laughs> Ohio State on the field. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, Braylon Edwards was a playmaker and the best of the bunch on Michigan at that time. Just from a physical standpoint, he's one of the most gifted uh, wide receivers that I've ever watched in college. Mm, mm, mm. He didn't even make my short list. Ouch. Well, ain't that the fun of this, buddy? It is the fun of it. All right. At number seven for me is Roy Williams out of Texas. He's a good player. I actually thought he was going to be much better in the pros. Yeah. No, I understand. You get jacked by the lions. The lions can ruin their, they can ruin careers. They can fucking ruin careers. Yeah. But he still had a decent pro career, but I still thought it was going to be better. Like I was convinced when he was at Texas, I was like, this dude is going to be filthy in the NFL. Yeah. Never lived up to that. To he me. was nice. Even his best years in Detroit, I still felt like Detroit had a way of fucking ruining receivers. Yeah, back then. <laughs> yeah. like a lot of them. 
So, uh, but he was nasty at Texas, man. I remember watching the Texas games and you're just sitting there like, man. Yeah. I mean, I appreciated what he was doing for some reason. He didn't like strike me as an all timer, you know, but he was damn good. He was drafted pretty damn high. Um, Permian Panther. Yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, that's right. Booby miles. Uh, Lord. Hans booby. <laughs> I'm your white knight. That's right. Uh, he was actually in Friday night lights, the movie. I want to say he was one of the coaches on, uh, one of the rival teams. Really? Threw him a bone. Wow. Got a sad card. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I, there's not much to say. This was like raw skills. It wasn't even that he was like, like if anything, you could make the argument that Harrison and Dillard and Chenault were controlled the game more because Texas was so talented. They didn't need to go to Williams every play. Yeah. Some of these other guys, well, even Harrison, they didn't go to every play, but he was a game changer. Harrison could have like a 91 yard touchdown. Roy Williams, not the type of guy that's going to do that to you. Yeah. But Chenault and, and Dillard, that was their offense. Yeah. You could, throw, was, you could throw a fade to them. You could throw a slant and they'll just weave through yeah, the, yeah. in the open field, or you can just hand them a reverse, put them in the wildcat. Yeah. 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 So uh, you could argue that Roy Williams maybe perhaps deserves to be the 10th as far as the most important to their team. The, let me tell you, Texas still would have won a lot of games without Roy Williams. Yeah, but he, he can't take away yeah. the fact that the dude produced and he was just talented as fuck. Like, it's not his fault that he played with a bunch of other good players, that he was recruited to yeah. a better school. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, you're number six, Petty C. My number six. You know what? I'm going to make an on-the-fly change here. Because my list is ridiculous if I keep it the way it is. Mm. So my number six. Adding in Brian Polly Dixon. Huh? <laughs> yes. I'm joking. Have to make that one on the fly. <laughs> what was it. that? Uh, UCLA? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, my number six. Mickey out there. You'll be pleased to see that I put a, a Buckeye ahead of we have a the Wolverine. Same number six. David Boston. No, we both have two Buckeyes. At number six, All right. but you have Dave Boston continue to go on. That's another one. Oh my God. Very similar to Roy Williams. I thought he was going to yeah. be so much better in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. But in terms of uh, physical gifts, uh, freak of nature, I hate to say it, but he kind of whipped Charles Woodson's ass in that, uh, <laughs> yeah. that yeah. fight they had in the game. He was a beast, but then again, Charles Woodson gave it to him on the playing field. Um, so he was just a huge freak on a great team. And uh, this is one of those where you have to give him credit for not only catching the ball when he was a great possession receiver, but also his impact as a blocker. How was he not that good in the NFL? I don't understand. I just don't think he had the uh, drive. It's like the breakaway Westbrook, yeah. the Westbrook thing. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a head case. Westbrook there. They asked him. He's like, I never even liked football. I just did it because I was good. Yeah. He's like, I've wanted to fight my whole life. Fucking assholes. That's like, like Ricky Williams too. Yeah. I'm I'm the most talented running back there ever was, but I don't like football. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, my number six is Terry Glenn. Nice. Look, Boston had all the skills probably. And then some compared to, 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 to Glenn. I don't know. Glenn was awesome too, but athletically, well, actually Glenn was very athletic too, but I'm saying like Boston had a big, huge Bosworth like body. I yeah. feel like yeah, yeah. where Glenn was a speedster with amazing footwork. I can remember watching games and I, you know, I, you know I'm a true Ohio state hater. Yeah. You know this, that you couldn't deny, you couldn't deny his fucking skill. Yeah. You're just like, God damn it. He's good. You're like, he's fucking making one handed catches, tippy toe in the sidelines. Yeah. Terry Glenn you know, was nasty. Like, if I remembered more of him, you know, it's just, it's just been so long since I watched him that maybe I'd give him more credit, 
We're kind of, we don't have 15 hours to prepare. We have all the time in the day to prepare. <laughs> I didn't prepare this list for 15 hours. So if I went back. So, so, hey, so check us out. Before we do tight ends, let's sit down and watch 30 hours of film. Of tight end ends, film. Right? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Terry Glenn, definitely. Who, what year was he? He, he 95. 95. So yeah. he was right there when Ohio State was knocking on the door, but yeah. couldn't get past Michigan. Uh should we move to number five? You want to give us a little ad read or I am going to give you an ad read before we go to number five. I want to tell you that the sports gambling podcast network and the college experience are brought to you by burrow. Yeah. Like Joe burrow. Let me tell you something about burrow. They got the best sofa there is out there, right? You can order it online and look, I'll be honest. It's kind of hard to script a sofa. You know, it's kind of hard to script a sofa as long as you can sit on it. It's doing its fucking job, right? <laughs> right? But newsflash, your couch doesn't have to just be whatsoever. It could actually be great. If you're ready to upgrade to a sofa worthy of your space, you've got to go with the original Disruptor Furniture brand, Burrow. Look, Burrow is probably the, so- the sofa your listeners have heard of on other podcasts, I would imagine. Yes, the one with the built-in USB charger. Wow. Pretty cool. You can charge your phone. High tech couch. Try to see his case. You can charge his, his dildo. <laughs> right? Boy, that thing is getting a right. lot of use these days. <laughs> this is the first disruptor furniture brand. Uh, look, this is the couch you get when you, when like when you want to start choosing your own furniture, this is what you should really fucking choose because I mean, you can customize whatever the hell you want to do with this thing. Whether you're furnishing your first place or, uh, you know, graduating from, you know, futons or, or stepping up in lo- yeah, the world, just stepping up. This is what you need to do. Their sofas are easy to set up and easy to move. It's simple. It's, it's a simple assembly, not like some fucking shit from Ikea, which takes you 17 days. You got to read you're whatever calling the fuck 1-800 that language numbers is. saying, I yeah. don't understand what the hell they this is J's right? and little O's with umlauts and like backwards right? E's and shit. What the fuck am I reading here? And they got durable fabric. That's naturally uh, scratch and stain resistant. That means you can, you can shoot all over it. Boom. Right. Spill your champagne all over it. There you go. That's a little you, cleaner. You're going to be fine. <laughs> there you go. You can shoot. I mean, look, you're playing beer pong and it's splashing onto the couch. That's right. <laughs> If you're just dropping loads of beer onto the couch, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to stain. Uh, yeah, you could be flexible with about your seating, uh, add or remove seats as needed. You can even convert a love seat or sofa into a corner sectional in the future. So that means, look, maybe you're in your bachelor years. You're not married. You have it as a regular couch. Uh, and then all of a sudden you get hitched. And then all of a sudden your wife's like, I don't know. I'd really like to have a sectional. Then, then boom, oh. you're still in a play to do this. Yeah. You don't have to change it out. You don't have to yeah. give your beloved couch up. You just change it up. Exactly. You can customize your burrow couch to fit the look and seating style you want. You can pick your own fabric color, leg finish, armrest style, and even the length. Patty C is all about the length, right? You can add I don't a, know uh, how to respond to that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what? I'm not talking about from my experiences. I'm talking about you always <laughs> tell me that, you know, Hey, okay. You know, <laughs> it's about other guys length. Yeah. Okay. It's not about mine. Cause I, I am all about mine. I length. remember you telling me like, Hey man, do you ever see San Antonio Holmes's dog? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think I did actually mention that. You did. You did. Uh, the dude's hung like a donkey. Good <laughs> Lord. But anyway, look, Burrow offers a uh, free one week shipping and zero interest in financing. Call uh, just you get $75, $75 off your purchase uh, for fr- and a free one week shipping at burrow.com slash SGP. That's B U R R O W.com slash SGP for $75 off at Burrow. Sorry, I had to go this Antonio Holmes around on Jeez, you, but it was a true story. Butchered I, I'm, that ad. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not fa- fabricating shit over here, dude. Look, I'm not afraid to talk about. If a man is gifted, he's gifted. You know. I'll get and that's go- why you talk about your number five wide receiver because he's clearly gifted. He is clearly gifted, even though you don't know who it is. And we're not leaving Columbus yet. We're staying. Oh, in the Buckeye State, and another Buckeye is. Teddy touchdown at Ted Ginn jr. My number five college wide receiver that I've ever seen. Mm, mm. It might seem high, but I was taken didn't by, make my list by Ted Ginn right away. When I saw him, no, I know he was good, but the they didn't give him the play, rock enough. It was almost like the, uh, the Anthony Tom or the, uh, Julio Jones. Julio I Jones thing. I don't know. He got the, he got the rock plenty enough. Um, I'd be curious to look up his stats, but the first play I ever saw him, he took the ball, uh, Ran to the left side of the field. It was all blocked off. Just reverse field completely. Loop back. Boom. 55 yards or 50, 60 yard touchdown. I was like, all right, shit, this guy's good. And I, and especially when you hate a team. Yeah. It when hurts. You, when you well, see their electric players. Too. Yeah. It exactly. in your memory forever. I, I kind of want to look up Ted Ginn's college stats. Uh, but he's one of those uh, Glenville tar blooders that they were getting. So I want to say Troy Smith was mm. a lot of talent from this hood ass school in, uh, the Cleveland area called Glenville. Um, if only it was called Glanville. Glanville, it would be. They much- should change that to the honor their football program. Yes. Um, damn it! Struggling me, over here. Okay, me, well, my number five. Up. Let me pull it up, and then uh, you deal with it. Um, <laughs> look at this! Fucking absurd. Receiving eight hundred weight. That's total yardage. Yeah, statistically, maybe not as uh, dominant as I thought. They didn't throw that much back then. Yeah. Maybe as a punt returner and a kick returner, that's where he really excelled. He did have uh, six uh, punt returns for touchdowns, two kick returns for touchdowns. He was was a speedster. Again, like I said, my list is less about 100% wide receiving and more about touches total. And uh, Ted Ginn, whenever he touched the ball, was a threat to score. So my number five could return punts too. But he also could kick ass receiving. And his name was Peter Warwick. Cool. A little higher on my list. Peter Warwick was an absolute machine at, at Florida State. You might recall him taking a dookie all over Virginia Tech in, in, in the national championship that they should have never played in. Um, yeah. I, I'm, throwing, <laughs> I'm throwing little blows. Um, but yeah, what do you think, Peter Warwick? Uh, yeah, obviously, you said he's higher on your list, so you can talk about that later. But yeah. look, another one that didn't really make it in the NFL. Yeah, gosh. Again, out of th- all these ones, I'm really just seeing Marvin Harrison and Terry Glenn as the. Uh, this lends uh, to your Corey Dillon argument that when you go to the Cincinnati Bengals, yes, no matter how great you were as a college player, yes, your pro career is you're going doomed. to suffer. You're doomed. Yeah. And the Detroit Lions, really. It is weird. I mean, how Barry Cincinnati. Sanders made it work, but he was in a position where he could make it work. I feel like a lot of good players would be good. If you're drafted by the wrong team, I've argued this forever, and I know some people are going to probably shit on me for this, but I I've said Chris Chandler, the quarterback, Chris Chandler, 
was drafted by the Colts when they were horrible. Yeah. Then he was traded to the Buccaneers. Well, he went to the fucking Super Bowl with the Falcons. In like his, when he was 40. Yeah. You could argue that like arm talent wise, he and Brett Favre aren't that different, you know? Yeah. Brett Favre just got traded from the Falcons. To the Packers. Yeah. To the Packers. And they were a Super Bowl contender. But dude, like he was on, I I consider him like four of the worst teams before he got his career going. Mm Mm-hmm. He was on the Colts in the 80s, like 87, terrible. 88. Yeah. Then traded to the Bucks. Ooh, terrible. Then the Cardinals. Ooh. Then the Rams in the mid-90s. Man. So. He then, finally got to a decent finally team. Finally got to a decent team. And Atlanta wasn't even nasty. They just had a good year. So but you see how, like, uh, for a long time, he was known as, like, a loser and a bust. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and uh, you'd sit there and watch. I'd see skill. I'd still see skill. You know what I mean? Like, when yeah. I watched him play, you can go back and watch the table. He was a quarterback at Washington. Yeah. Great pedigree of quarterbacks, Warren Moon, Mark Brunell, yeah. you know, uh, this guy was good. So my, 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 what I'm saying here is that like drafted by a bad team, basically, if he had not caught on with the Falcons, he'd be known as a bad quarterback when really he was a good quarterback. Yeah. Like if anything, like, I think he's better than a lot of good quarterbacks that are labeled good quarterbacks. Right. So luck has, uh, an element, uh, definitely big element. Um, so yeah, he's a little higher on my list. Peter work, uh, was fantastic. College Talk about so. a dynamic player in the open field. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get to him a little. More. Okay. Okay. My number four. Yeah. Pittsburgh's Larry Fitzgerald. Mm. You know, didn't make my top 10, but he was on my short list. Gotcha. Mainly because and I remember him being filthy. Yeah. But I just don't remember him like being like explosive. Yeah. Or like the game taking over. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, he made it. I, I do remember him taking over a couple games. It was hard to appreciate Pitt back then. They were in the Big East. Uh, they played Utah when Utah went undefeated with Smith. Yeah, that was a retarded game. Utah's undefeated. They're playing like a like a seven and four team. Yeah, Pitt. It's like what's going on? That's true. But he was good. I mean, Fitz. I remember being. They had Walt Harris was their coach then, and I remember being impressed. I remember like a Thursday night game against Virginia Tech where Fitzgerald yeah. played, and I was like, man. He's what good. always impressed me was like. When the he would go up in a crowd, he would always come down with it. Like yeah. he might not have always been able. I mean, he was a good enough receiver that, but with a crisp route running and and pretty solid athleticism, like obviously a good physical body, six three, probably two ten or whatever. Um, you know, he's a gifted wide receiver, um, but speed wise, not you know going to blow your head away. But as far as like he's Chris Carter esque in terms of like control. And 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 really strength, and he, he he got a lot of catches that he wouldn't he he won Pittsburgh a lot of games that they wouldn't have won without him. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree. I'm I'm looking up uh, this next guy's stats for me. I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of uh, but yes, uh, Larry Fitzgerald was filthy. Oh, hold on, I came up to pro stats. It's not. This is another guy that didn't make it in the pros for me. Is my what number is this? Four. Yeah. Um, I got a guy you talked about, uh, Des, not Des white from Georgia Tech, Des, Des Bryant. Bryant. Yeah. Um, I have a guy that I remember just being absolutely filthy. And I do believe they upset Oklahoma played for Oklahoma state. His name was Rashawn Woods. That's when they were wearing the old white helmets. Yeah. Beautiful. He was nasty. Uh, he had, yeah, he had, this is, and I'm glad I pulled this up because I, I did this without this blindly. I just remember him just having a, just etched in my memory being like, Oh my God, this guy's filthy. I'm, yeah. I, that's another one. The first round draft pick. It was a bust. Yeah. 
Um, granted, he was drafted by the 49ers when they had Dennis Erickson. Not a very good team to get drafted by. Yeah. However, um, this guy in college had a season where he had 107 receptions. And he also had three straight thousand yard seasons. His first well, how how big was he physically? He strikes me as like a six one, six two, kind of like two hundred five pounds, two hundred seven. Struggling to find that information right now, but I, I see all of his stats. I just don't. And see. just a speedster. There's a few like for my list. It's tough for me to like recognize those dudes that don't have some kind of special level of speed or size. But he's one of the few ones that like you just watched him. And you said okay. Yeah, he's way better. Dude, than I remember watching, like, uh, throughout that Big 12 season, I was like, man, this dude is a fucking animal. I mean, first off, look, I think this was probably the year he had 107 catches, 1,695 yards. 6-2-203. 17 touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he killed Oklahoma, too, man. This guy, they, they one of the few years they beat Oklahoma, I feel like. They've had a lot of years they played him close. Yeah. But, so... Uh, yeah, when you, when you can get over the hump against Oklahoma... <laughs> If you're part of one of those teams, because there's like a curse for Oklahoma State. Yeah. Remember the missed extra point? Yeah. Last year, two years ago. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. yeah, Fucking killed me. But Rashawn Woods was a guy that I will just say, I probably, probably, you could ask me this in like 70 years. If I'm alive with my stem cell treatments, (laughs) I will say, man, that that Rashawn Woods dude was a, a I I might even forget his name. I'd be like the Oklahoma State used to have this receiver. Because the database got to die someday, right? Never. And, uh. There's this receiver for Oklahoma State that was filthy back in the 90s. And this was the guy. Yeah. So you dig deep and you would find Rashawn Woods. I would have to go find Rashawn Woods. Because look, I do look, you mentioned um Des Bryant. I think Des Bryant obviously was a, probably a better, well, definitely a better pro. Probably body-wise, better. Yeah. And all, same with the guy after him that was getting all the trouble with Jacksonville, uh, Justin Blackman. Yeah. But still, in my opinion. None of them took over games like Rashawn Woods did. Well, he he had speed that neither one of them did, and uh, he had like like you're saying, like more of a killer instinct, like a, a way to find the end zone. Because I remember, uh, dude, I f- I swear, like I think their quarterback's name at, at that time might have been Josh Howdy, I believe, mm-hmm. or it could have been Tony Lindsay. I'm not sure, but um, they would just throw it to him like all the time, dude. Like he was their offense. I mean, they had a good running back. I do believe I think his name was maybe, I don't know that one. See, I'm, I might be wrong on my errors. That might've been Tatum Bell's team. Okay. I was going to say David Thompson, but either way, I just remember like, in you know, the big 12, you're playing big, you're playing. It's a big time conference. You're playing, especially in that era. I think it was one of the better conferences, if not the best. Yeah. And, uh, you just go out going up against it. name brands. And you're just like, what the fuck? This dude has like 15 catches this game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So food for thought. Um, let's get to your number. What is it? Three. My number three college receiver. Mind you, now he has yeah. had a decent pro career, but he was on a different level in the college game. That's Texas Tech's Michael Crabtree. You know, he just missed my list. I yeah. mean, he, he made my honorable mention. Yeah. And I thought maybe I'm fucking this up. Yeah. He I- didn't have the speed. But, but he God, still got a game against reason, Texas too. That yeah. was etched in my memory forever. I of feel course. like what yeah. a great final play of that game. Yeah. He talk about a dude. I mean, obviously being fed in that air raid system, he's going to get a million catches, but of any receiver that ever fucking capitalized on being in that system, he was probably number one. Yeah. He had like a hundred catches in a college football season yeah. or something yeah, yeah. like more than I want to look up his absolutely stats. unbelievable in college. I mean, that Texas tech team, that's the team that won 11 games. Mike Leach, by the way, 
if you're thirsty for college football, I did just release my recent, uh, all the off season coaching hires over at sports gambling podcast.com. Yeah. Uh, made me think of that. Mike Leach went to Mississippi state. So, uh, dude, Michael Crabtree stats freshman year. Yeah. 134 catches. Oh my God. <laughs> Sophomore year, 97 catches two seasons, 231 oh catches. Oh my God. A fucking absurd. That's like some of the Hawaii receivers. Yeah. Like yeah. Devon best. Or Ashley Lalee. Yeah, you got to take it with a grain of salt because yeah, it's so yeah. system based. But he was also obviously talented yeah. enough, like to be a good yeah. pro. So yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. uh, that's your number three. My number three is a guy named Charles Rogers out of Michigan State. Yeah, and Schweetster. I once again the Lions. <laughs> yeah, I don't Who understand. They fucked up. up. Mike Williams from USC. <laughs> They fucked up uh, your boy Joey Harrington. Joey, yeah, well, yeah, I don't wide, know wide receiver. He was yeah. a pussy. Uh, let's just say that Charles every, Rogers, uh, Roy Williams, Roy Williams. They <laughs> fucked up uh, Charles Rogers. They got. I mean, they 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 managed not to botch Calvin Johnson. Yeah, but they have one other receiver. They they've drafted four top ten receivers. Yeah, four years did. in a row. I mean, that is the stupidest fucking franchise that ever existed. <laughs> was that Matt Millen too? That was, I think defensive that was Matt guy. Yeah. I don't understand it. It's like, we got to be able to throw the ball. Ah, it makes my head scratch. Uh, and I love Matt Millen. Yeah. But Hey, not the GM. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Martin Mayhew after that. Was he the GM after that? I, th- I think so. How oh. about you don't put any old school Redskin players as general managers, anymore? Lions? There you All go. Right? Um, Charles Rogers though. at Michigan state. Once again, I was convinced this was the next great, NFL wide receiver. Well, apparently most of the people in the world were because he went yeah. number two in the draft. I love I was... how most of my lists are bust. <laughs> I look at, I've done Rogers woods, Warwick. I'm not going to say Williams was a flat out bust. He would still put up some stats. Yeah. He was, but decent. he definitely didn't get to where I thought he would be. Yeah. So I got three straight busts, but Charles Rogers was an animal at Michigan state. Some of the best catches I've ever seen in my life Yeah, at Michigan state and, uh, stretch the field. I, I rest in peace, by the way, he recently died of cancer. Oh shit. Um, but I, I look as far as, and I've seen, I saw Musa Muhammad at Michigan state. I saw Derek Mason at Michigan state. Yeah. So my, in my opinion, Rogers way better than all of them in college. Wow. Way better. See, I remember the Rogers hype. I obviously saw his highlights. I don't think Rogers was a guy I got to see just straight up, you know, playing games. That's the problem with Michigan state, not getting the kind of love. And to that point, it makes us want to go back because, well, we kind of made our list 93 and beyond. Yeah. Obviously there were dudes. That- Shout out the souls of mischief. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what the fuck is 93 souls- till their song? 93 till. I'm guessing okay. this is hip hop. Yeah. Colin yeah. is a much more uh, hip hop oriented <laughs> individual than I am. Um, uh, da, 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 da. I like that pulled out 93 till I see what you did there. Um, Desmond Howard, rocket Ishmael. Those were dudes that in our lifetimes were undisputedly the, the pinnacle of the sport. I remember being five years old, 1988, you know, sitting on my couch going, rocket, rocket, rocket. I was on the other side of that being like, fuck you, fuck <laughs> you. But he was nasty. He was nasty. Um, but uh, so Charles Rogers, only, I just don't remember his, him. Well, he, he only played two years at Michigan state. Charles Rogers. Okay. But each year he had over a thousand yards, uh, 1400 yards his first year, 1351. The next uh, 27 touchdowns in two years. 67 and 68 grabs, which in the big 10, if you add that curve to the big 12, that's, <laughs> he, he basically had 4,000 receptions. 
Uh, I'm telling you, the guy was an animal, though. Okay, get to your number two. My number two, uh, a Virginia guy um, who Wait. ended up, well, from Virginia originally. Oh, okay. Obviously, I was like, dude, are you going Patrick Jeffers? Are you really going to do this to us? <laughs> no, no, no. A guy from Virginia that, lo and behold, we couldn't keep in state, just like every other fucking talented player that's ever come from the state of Virginia. Number two, Percy Harvin. Mm. Um, you do like the fleas. He uh, he was a flea, but he was undisputedly dominant. Yeah, he was not, even in the NFL. Even though he it was a, a pussy, I, I, and I always getting argument on this shit on Twitter. People give me a hard time. They're like, "What are you done with your life?" All I'm saying, this guy's injury prone. Right? I got nothing against Percy Harvin. Right. I had people shitting on me, being like, "Yeah, Mr. Comedian with three thousand followers, you could talk shit about." All I said was the guy was injury prone. <laughs> Isn't that fair? Right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Are we allowed to make an object objective like <laughs> assessment of this guy's? I'm not per- saying I don't like the guy. Yeah. I, Although Percy Harvin's a punk ass. I'm just, I just—I never had a reason to hate him. Maybe that's why they're so defensive about it because they dude, know he it was is hilarious. A punk I had all these people shitting on me. I'm just like, all right, whatever, dude. Whatever. I love saying this guy's fucking injury pro. All right. <laughs> a fact is a fact. That's true. All right? Even at college. And I even pulled up the stats. Cause I was like, dude, show me what season He's where he was not one. injury prone. Yeah. 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 There are few and far between if any at all. Um, but uh, yeah, Percy Harvin, if you want to watch it, like in Virginia, in the state of Virginia, Northern Virginia is where obviously there's DC suburbs, a lot of like government contracts, tons of fucking money there. And a football obsession, you know, obviously stemming from being a mid-Atlantic big city and then obviously um, having the Redskins dynasty to, like, fuel that. It's a football city. And Maryland Uh, won a national championship in the 50s. There you go. (laughs) And the Ravens also win. The area loves football. It's good football being played up there, and it's well-funded. Now, down south, obviously, you have your... Michael Vicks, your uh, Tyrod Taylors, your fucking Allen Iversons, Bruce Smith, Bruce Smith, just insane talent down in Virginia Beach, and so Altoon. In any given year, there you go. I didn't realize he was he from got away, Southern Virginia. He got away, man. Yeah, well, like like they all do, um, but uh, yeah. What the fuck was I gonna say? Oh, you want to see something? Northern Virginia actually gets the better of Southern Virginia, despite uh, Southern Virginia having superior, like NFL quality talent um, and typically would win the state championship. But you go back and you watch uh, Percy Harvin against Robinson. Go do yourself a favor and watch that in the state championship game. Talk about just dick slapping the fuck out of a high, high school competition. It's like every time he touches the ball, he's like walking to the end zone. Um, he kind of did that in college too. And to some extent, the pros, he, did he, uh, was he an urban Meyer recruit? He wasn't urban Meyer recruit. So which that, means well, he's probably, was he on that Florida team that where everyone was just piece of the shit. Dirtiest team ever. Made? Yeah. So maybe that's why, uh, we think he's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, anyway, I never he said was, he's a piece of shit. I said he's, he's injury. Prone, he's a douchebag. And they were making, they were saying that I was saying he's a piece of shit. Well, he is a piece of shit. So that's, <laughs> uh, but he's fast as fuck and he's uh, physically strong as hell. He's a great wide receiver, kick returner, uh, running back, everything. So, second best receiver I've ever seen in college football. Mm, my second best receiver I've ever seen in college football goes, we're taking you to Huntington, West Virginia, where Randy Moss was an absolute animal. And what was great for me was, I think I explained this on some pre- previous episodes, was that Randy Moss. And the Marshall Thundering Herd, I used to get on a local TV station. So we'd be able to watch their games. How do I not have Randy Moss on my phone? My list doesn't make any sense. (laughs) 
I, I totally forgot him. <laughs> I totally forgot him. This bullshit. Yeah, because he was absolutely filthy. Remember the yeah. game against West Virginia when they were at, when they were still FCS. Yeah, just, dude, just I remember those them. socks specifically. Yeah. Like on watching the highlights. Yeah, I mean, he was supposed to be. He went to Florida State. I know. Right? And Notre Dame. Notre Dame first. Then he committed so, to check Notre us Dame. Out. Notre Dame. He was there first. And some, he actually went to Notre Dame. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a photo with him in Notre Dame uniform. He went to his practicing. Really? Right? Yeah. And then when he got kicked out because of the the thing in his past, yeah. I guess a charge or I think marijuana or something. Yeah. Lou Holtz being friends with Bobby Bowden called him and said, you should take him because we can't take him here. And he's so fucking nasty. Yeah. And Bobby Bowden's like, Oh my God. Like, dude, there's people that talk about it at when he was at Florida state. Yeah. In practice, he was killing everybody. Of course. And then, you know, obviously I think he had some, this court issue still still playing out. And then when that happened, they dropped him and then he ends up at Marshall with, yeah. with Pruitt. All right. Did you know that uh, he was he went to high school and graduated? I want to say the same year as uh, White Chocolate, Jason Williams. Yeah, they were in the same high school basketball team. Yeah, same high school basketball and same high school football. I want to say Jason Williams was a quarterback no of way. the high school football oh, team. Oh, dude! And they're so. Hey, fucking I'd love ass. to see some tape of his and one passes. Oh my god! You know he had to be doing some and one and one football passes. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like behind the back, fucking. Right. Imagine, imagine White Chocolate and fucking Randy Moss. <laughs> Just filthy. Absurd. Just absolute filthy. But yeah, I got Moss as my number two. If I, I had to like readjust my list, I would having completely forgotten Ed Moss, admittedly. And and I even remembered him before I put him in because he's pretty high on my fucking pro list, obviously. And you know what I think it was about Moss though? All I caught were his highlights because Marshall would just wasn't on TV that much. They were on like channel fifty three yeah. back in DC. I'm telling you, man, I, I watched them even before they had Moss. I watched them when they had Troy Brown. Yeah. So like <laughs> Colby's dug in. <laughs> well, we, me and my brothers were like, Hey, we're getting this team. It's like FCS. We didn't even know where they were located, right? Yeah. We're trying to figure out where they were located. Like, fuck it. Marshall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's my number two wide receiver, Randy Moss. And, uh, and I'll let you go with your number one there. Chief. All right. Number one wide receiver I ever saw in college football was Peter Work. Mm. Um, so I, I was top five. I still had him top five. Yeah. So that, that's fair. Just in terms of like, really shitting on the competition, the, the start and stop. I guess that his style didn't translate as well to the pros, but like in terms of straight agility, you want to talk about like an and one mixtape, watch Peter work in college because that shit did work. He was just athletic enough in college and he was a great athlete, yeah. but he wasn't like a great pro athlete, but in college he was more athletic than everyone on the field. And he had like, and one moves and people were just flying all over the place. And you just be like walking into the end zone after most like touchdowns. of the, of the, of the offensive side of the field, even more like nasty than Dion, like, okay. and which is crazy to say, but like in terms of like straight up, like if you're in a one-on-one situation and you're a college player trying to tackle me, I'm going to shake you to your fucking knees. I'm going to walk by you and he do it all the fucking time. So he was the most impressive I ever saw. Uh, well, my guy, you've heard me talk about this guy. Yeah. He had 421 yards receiving against Nebraska, and he had a 90 yarder called back. <laughs> and that was against Mike Minter, who yeah. played in the NFL. Yeah, that was a beast. Uh, my guy's Troy Edwards, yeah. wide receiver, Louisiana Tech. Look, that's just the one game that stands out for sure. But we watched this guy more than more than just one game. Yeah. And I'm telling you, this guy was a machine. At Louisiana he was a non. He was a hundred percent of the Louisiana. Him and Tim Rattay. Yeah. They were a decent team. They, he made, they made them yeah. into a decent team, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I remember watching like 
you know, uh, whether it was, uh, I don't know if it was conference championships games or what, but as the season progressed, you know, you'd see them in, in games in December or late November, they're playing competition within their own conference or in a bowl game or something. And you're sitting there like this motherfucker is just, he's the same guy I saw against Nebraska. Yeah. Dude, in that Nebraska game, he even like projected it. He even said he was going to do that. Really? Against N- Nebraska's like top defensive players. Yeah. And even afterwards, they're like, yeah, he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of those dudes that's just like, his body is a muscle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's not an ounce of fat on him. He's just like, dominant. Fucking man. lightning. Bolt. Absolutely fucking dominant, man. Yeah. And that, in case people don't remember, Nebraska was the number one team in the nation, I think, that year coming into the season. Yeah. And he had a, oh, he took a yeah. big ass shit on them. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> Nebraska still won the game. Right. But it was a lot closer for uh, Nebraska fans. That game was in Lincoln to start off. That was the opening game to come. 420 football. receiving yards in a game and had a 90 yard callback. <laughs> and that was in Lincoln. So it's like you could see, like, the, I mean, look, the Nebraska was running away with the game. It was probably like, I don't know, the final score was like 50 to 30 or something. Yeah. But for a while, they were just like, man, this motherfucker's keeping them in this game. Yeah. And he keeps like peeling off and going on these like six. So if, if, even if it wasn't a touchdown, it'd be like a 40 yard route. And you're just like, who is this fucking guy? You yeah. can see like Nebraska fans. Just Every be play like, just like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. It's like someone stopped number 16. I think it was like 16 or number 18 or something. Right. But I got Troy Edwards from Louisiana Tech. He was nasty. And I, I'll, I'll say this. Like, that's one of those where I kind of, I, I, I have to slap myself in the face. I'm going to do it. I just slap myself for for not giving him the credit because he's on a smaller school. And yeah, probably, you're, you're, you're doing a classic uh, Saban over here. Just you know what I mean? Playing, playing. Uh, just going with all the big guys, huh? I guess so, man. No, Scumbag. No love for Gary Clark at JMU, huh? Gary Clark. Well, anyone at JMU is clearly number one on every list. So <laughs> uh, Gary Clark is the best college wide receiver and pro wide receiver to ever strap it up. So. <laughs> All right, uh, we did your number one. Okay, let me just read an ad, and we'll get to the NFL, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Um, I want to tell you guys that the college experience is brought to you by PropSwap. PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets because you're buying the bet directly from another person. Not only can you find great deals, but you can also buy bets from states where you know sports betting is prohibited. Uh, get that PropSwap account loaded up. So when future buying returns, you can strike why the iron is still hot. Um, sign up for PropSwap.com today, and they will give you a 100% match on your first deposit. Just enter the promo code SGP. Once again, that's SGP at the time of deposit, and PropSwap will match it up to $100. Go to PropSwap.com today. Void where prohibited. All righty. Oh yeah. NFL top 10 receivers of all time. I'm sure we're going to have arguments going forward. You know, my list isn't that fucking creative. I think in the NFL for me, uh, you know, there's a little variety, but a lot of the receivers that were the best statistically were the best too. Mm. You know, there's a little, a little, uh, accounting for era. You know, I do think that sometimes, Obviously, if you look statistically, the trend has gone to more passing in the NFL, and you don't necessarily want to discount yeah. those players that early on that you were watching. So I, I did account for that, but um, most of these guys were pretty high on the stat list. So, so I'll start with number ten, and this is probably the the one that stands out as the biggest surprise of all of them. 
I had narrowed this down to two Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Don't put Yancey Thigpen in your top no, 10. I am not putting Yancey Thigpen in my top 10. You have Heinz Ward. I have Heinz Ward as my number 10 receiver of all times. M- mainly because he did things that, you know, you had Antoine great Randall. Blocker. Great blocker. Great fucking Absolutely blocker. Absolutely great blocker. The heart and soul of that offense and maybe of that team, you know, that was a Super Bowl, a perennial Super Bowl contender uh, and champion. Um, he threw the, uh, no, he caught the, uh, big touchdown from, um, who's that? Uh, other say Tony Holmes caught the, no, 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 no. That was in on the other Super Bowl, The first one that they oh, won. That horrible Super Bowl. Yeah. The one who's the other, I just said his name one second ago. Roethlisberger. No, the fucking receiver. Oh, Randall from, L. Randall yeah. L. Yeah. Threw him the touchdown pass. He caught that, but really it was more because he was a blocker and because he could go over the middle and fucking take whatever shot was given to him. Mm. And it it came down to him and Antonio Brown um, for the number 10 spot. Mm. Antonio Brown being obviously fantastic. Now I do downgrade Antonio Brown a little bit because he was the number three option at one point to uh, who was the, the guy, Mike Wallace, then Emmanuel Sanders took over and then he, uh, uh, Antonio Brown. Now is Antonio Brown the best of those three? Yes. But did spending his entire career at Pittsburgh help? Whereas Pittsburgh, those other guys wanted bigger contracts and Pittsburgh said, no, we got another guy that's just as good as you waiting behind you. Um, But had those guys stayed on Pittsburgh, they would have kept generating uh, or uh, pushing out pro bowl seasons like Antonio Brown did when Pittsburgh finally ran out of a stable wide receiver. So um, I take that into account. Antonio Brown's still though a different level, but was, and I think where I make the distinction really is that, he was Heinz Ward wasn't a punk ass and Antonio Brown is. So fuck you, Antonio Brown. I'm putting Heinz Ward on my okay, list. Okay, that's fair. But um I'm curious if my number ten is on your list, because I would argue my number ten is better than your number ten. Fuck you. Let's hear it. Tim Brown. Uh you think Heinz Ward's better than Tim Brown? <sighs> Tim Brown. He's great. He's a better wide receiver. Like, well, not and I guess that's what I list. <laughs> he's a better pass catcher. Than Heinz Ward. He's also. I don't even know if he's it. a better he's fast as shit. Yeah, that's what he's better. At. I don't think he's even a better pass catcher than Heinz Ward. He's right it's close. Because yeah. even like he, he might was a be possession better. receiver towards the end of his career. Yeah, he was a game breaker. Maybe I should have seen more Tim Brown. Maybe See, I, I was battling Tim Brown, Michael Irvin. Yeah. For my tenth spot, I think Tim Brown's better than Michael Irvin. Okay, Michael Irvin uh, made my list. He's a little higher, not too much higher. See, see, I think Tim Brown's better than Michael Irvin. Tim Brown was more of a game breaker. I think he's a better wide receiver. Longer career, too. You know what? Tim Brown just didn't play in many big games, and so maybe that's why I'm downgrading him. Didn't you win a Super Bowl with the Bucs? Or was he on the Raiders at that point? Lost a Super Bowl with the Raiders. Was he on the Bucs? He just went at the end of his career on the Bucs, so he went with Gruden in the trade, I thought. Well, I know? just completely fucking disregard the end of Tim Brown's career. I remember him as a Raider. He was a very good receiver for like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, he was fucking good. Um... Maybe maybe I'm not giving Tim Brown the credit he deserves. He he'd be right on the fringe of my list though. So I, I certainly appreciate your argument there. Okay. Okay. Number nine. Number nine. Uh, Calvin Johnson. Wow. Higher on your difference. list. Higher on your list. Much higher. Okay. Well, Calvin Johnson obviously is a physical freak. You know, um, huge, somewhat fast, great pass catcher. Um. Great body position, box fuck motherfuckers out like Tony Gonzalez would. Um, and you throw the ball anywhere in his area, he's coming down with Great it. Great hands, too, man. Didn't they make a rule after him? 
Well, is it that the fumble rule though? I think yeah. I don't even remember. I forget what the fuck it was. Um, but um, either way, Calvin Johnson. Look, the, the my the reason I'm not putting Calvin Johnson higher. A the big game thing. I, I think that's unfair to some extent because he's he stuck on the Detroit Lions. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's hard to judge how the guy could take over a game when his team never won games. Uh, I guess they were a fringe playoff team for a lot of those years, and he was a big factor in that. Um, good player, but you know, never like did I watch a game with Calvin Johnson and say, "Holy shit, they have a great chance of winning because of him." I just marveled at his physical capabilities. Huh. I don't know, man. I, I I'm completely 100 percent sold on Calvin Johnson. Okay, as you'll see as this prolongs. My number nine, who I think you can argue with my number ten. Cause I was having a really hard time towards the end of my list. Steve Smith, Carolina okay. Panthers. Very close. Uh, I'll jump in cause he's my number eight, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's just talk just an here. animal Yeah. for his size. He has the whole Rudy Rudiger thing going on Yeah. and he will put it in your fucking face yeah. nonstop. Long career though. Was still good on the Ravens late yeah, in his career. He's a straight Re- even dog. retired as a po- like he was still good as the final year in the NFL. Yeah. He didn't retire because like he couldn't play the game anymore. Yeah. He retired because retired because it was like, hey, I've done this for too yeah. long. Yeah. I want to do something else with my life. Good, now. Once again, great blocking wide receiver, just like Heinz Ward. Yeah. Um, just a fucking animal. Uh, that guy's a football player. Yeah. He's a football player. And a leader. Yeah. You yeah. know. Maybe not like a conventional like good guy leader, but you want. I I love Steve Smith, man. Yeah, if you I have get a hyped team, up. if I have a team, I would want Steve Smith on my team. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. He's the opposite of Antonio Brown to me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, true fucking dog. Like yeah. we're gonna win because I'm here yeah. and I'm gonna make yeah. us. Um, agreed, Steve Smith, and like you said, very productive for a very long time. All right, so give us your number eight then. My number eight is Julio Jones. Okay. Hell of a big talent. I know he's still in in somewhat of the prime of his career, somewhat. Yeah. Um, so he could he could still bounce up this thing, but you know, mm-hmm. he does play in a dome. He's got that going for him, but still just a just a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute freak of nature. So does he make your list? He doesn't. Um talent wise, I think he could. Um Julio Jones is so I don't think I've ever seen him talk. Um, that makes a difference in your, in well, your it's just so I, I have a hard time, like even accepting him as a human being as opposed to just like an entity. Um, but he is great. He is great. But I think some of that gets lost in like the era, mm. you know, everyone's throwing the ball around. So is he the best in this era? Sure. But, uh, He's great. He's right on the fringe of my top 10. Some of those catches he had in the Super Bowl against the Patriots were just filth. Yeah. He's like Heinz. I mean, he's like uh college Larry Fitzgerald with a little more athleticism. Um, all right. I have him at eight. He didn't make your list. You have Heinz Ward better than Julio Jones. He had a longer career to this point. We're talking about all time <laughs> achievements here. I'm a skeptic of your list, my friend. <laughs> well, okay. You know, I think you're forgetting Heinz Ward's impact for the Steelers. I love Heinz Ward. Look, they won two Super Bowls with. I used to watch Heinz Heinz Ward when he was a quarterback at Georgia. Bus at running back. Well, I guess they had Willie Parker for the second one, Uh, and just Roethlisberger being kind of shitty. You know, shitty. He's what do you mean? He became good, good, but they when they were winning Super Bowls, he was meh. I don't know. He was a fucking liability early on. Well, that Seahawks Super Bowl is that that I deleted that from the the NFL history. That Super Bowl never happened. One of the worst Super Bowls. In my opinion, that never happened. You know what? But for me, it meant a lot because it was like 
20 years of like holding a nut, like, and then finally busting it. It was just like, Ugh! I don't care how we won. We won that. To shit. me, uh, what is the worst Super Bowl? It's either that. The one last year, or the uh, Rams, oh, Patriots. Yeah, Rams Patriots might be the worst now. Bad. Yeah. Um, okay. So my number seven. Okay. Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens, I should say. Yes. Yes. I my have. My ex-girlfriend met him in Rock and Roll Ralph's in Hollywood and called him Terrell and he corrected her and said Terrell. Well. Yeah. Well, um, I like that play. I have him. He's my number six, but I still have to tell my number seven. Okay. We'll get into Terrell Owens in a second. Give me your number seven. My number seven is Art Monk. Well, he's my uh, number five. So, oh, okay. We're just, we're moving just around. Trading blows here. Mishmash yeah. here. Art Monk, uh, when he retired, he was the number one receiver in NFL history. Yeah. And uh, first off, he broke that record while he was on the Redskins. He didn't get no charity. Jets breaking, broken the record, hanging on Herb Williams a la Knicks. <laughs> but I'm saying, um, no, I mean, he was, uh, I actually think he'd be, if it was today's era that Art Monk was playing in, he'd probably be in my top five. Yeah. Because the rules have changed. He was just a, an animal. Great hands. Yeah. I remember really, I mean, it was so early in Rice's career by the time, like, you know, when we were watching him, because Rice came in the league in what, like 86? 86, I think. 86, yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. And he struggled kind of out the gates early. I mean, he he'd become a, a force like by the time they were winning Super Bowls. But at that point, I want to say uh, Monk was still considered the best receiver in the league. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, he was a freak back then. True possession receiver, underspoken, and on a team that wasn't super sexy in the Redskins. So I think that's where his accomplishments get a little bit lost in the shuffle, but I have him as my number five. He's one of the best receivers ever. I believe that too. And I believe like in the hard part is trying to guess in today's era. So like, I actually think, you know what? I should probably change it. Cause I do, do think Art Monk is better than Terrell Owens. Cause Terrell Owens is a cancer to your fucking team. Yeah. But he's so nasty. Yeah. It's like Antonio Brown, but you have to like Antonio Brown. I couldn't put him in the top 10. Yeah. But Terrell Owens, Owens was so good. You have to respect what he did. Even though he could be a cancer to your fucking team. He's so big and yeah. so fast and like so strong. From Chattanooga. How, how did they miss on that recruiting right there? Well, these all these fucking asshole receivers, and they're all assholes, most of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they just, they alienate you in, in the recruiting process. They're such fucking prima donnas. I, I, I honestly hate wide receivers. I yeah. played damn near every position on the field. I even like I played tight end as a kid and I got flexed out to receiver something. I would just fucking kill people. But um I I have I've always hated wide receivers with like where it used to be quarterbacks that you hated. Yeah. At some point it switched and I was like, the wide receivers are the biggest fucking piece of shit on the field. So, <laughs> uh, I could dig it. But Terrell Owens, I agree, was a, a freak, like you said. Um Who's your number six? Art Monk. Uh you know, I knew his son, Jamie Monk. Really? I did yeah. not know. That. He used to get a lot of concussions, played at uh Salisbury State at the time. I believe it became Salisbury University with oh. Brad DeHaven. Oh. Um, my number six is Michael Irvin. Wow. The original, quote, quote, playmaker. But you had Monk ahead of Irvin. I did. Okay. Um, Michael Irvin, getting it done. Look, obviously on that team, he's probably the third best player on that offense between Emmett uh, and Troy. Don't sleep on Larry Allen, son. He might be the fourth best That's player true. on that offense. That's true. <laughs> I mean, and Larry, uh, who was the other one? Nate uh, Newton. Nate Newton. Yeah. He There's a be... chance he could be fifth or sixth. Right. That's I mean, true. Moose Johnson is one of the best fullbacks, right? Are you taking Jay Noah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Michael Irvin um, was still, you know, a factor at all times, made a lot of big plays ran his mouth. Offensive uh, pass interfering. Yeah. But here's the thing. I don't think his stats back up with the, some of the other ones. As far as like uh career production. Yeah. I want to say he had pretty decent stats. I'd have to pull that up. Like I would, th- I would think that like, I mean, obviously like the game got more off like wide receiver friendly and offensive, uh, fr- you know, offensive friendly or whatever the fuck you want to say. Yeah. Offense friendly. Um, but I would just think to me out of all, that's the thing that kept me off off. Like it was either him he's or num- Tim Brown number uh, 28 all time with an 11 year career. So he's, he's getting about a thousand yards of career for his entire season. That's starting in 1988. That is a good career, that's but I'm just saying like, who, is Tim Brown higher than him? Uh, I believe so. Let me see. Him. Brown is number seven all time. Granted, he had a 16 year career, 14,000 receiving yards. So, uh, Tim Brown just didn't play in enough big games. My, slept on. Yeah. Maybe slept, slept on. on is the right way to you're on the East coast. You were not getting those West coast games back then. Fair enough. Fair enough. Give me your number five, five, Tory Holt. Okay. Tory Holt. Well, uh, look, we only saw him. Did, was, did he ever play on another team? Didn't he play on like someone late in his career? Mm. I feel like he might've played for like the Titans or something. Now you're going to make me go find all these motherfuckers. Tory Holt. What is that animal though in his prime on the on the Rams? I Isaac Bruce didn't make my list. He was just on the outside. Same with Marvin Harrison. Torrey Holt played on Jacksonville for one year. Actually, you know what? I'm taking off Torrey Holt because I thought I had this player in and I forgot that I deleted him. And I, I'm sorry. This list just got fucked up. I thought I must have had a brain fart or something. Because uh, Chris Carter, Chris Carter would be my number five. You idiot! You kept Chris Carter off the list. No, I had him on originally. <laughs> idiot. And and then. So Tory Holt would still be. So basically take everyone and slide them a spot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's convenient because I have Chris Carter at number four. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about Chris Carter. He unbelievable fucking hands. Yeah. Unbelievable fucking hands. And the best hands probably on this list. Almost cliche to say it, but you know, it's undisputed. You don't get that many catches. I thought you were going to say, oh, he does his catch touchdowns. Hey, oh, let me see if I can pull up a, uh, Chris Carter stats. He was one of these guys that was the first to like really start blowing uh, the hundred yard thing out of, or the hundred reception thing out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. Just an animal, just an absolute animal. I mean, shit, you could actually argue him higher if you really wanted to. Yeah. He got 122 on back to back years in an era where that was unheard of. Yeah. You know, it was, t- it was only a few guys that ever gotten a hundred receptions in a year and he busted out 122 on back to back years. Uh, 1100 catches for his career, basically 1400 receiver, 14,000 receiving yards freak. Another so, buck guy, man, they turn him out. Mm, mm. You're number four. That's Chris Carter. Well, my number four is Larry Fitzgerald. Well, he's my number three. So let's talk. Jesus. Larry Fitzgerald is uh, still playing and he's still really good. He's moved, made the transition to the slot. Yeah. And in the slot, he's excelled. That's I mean, he, he's just, this is a game breaker that was a game breaker that now is, I guess, accepted his role as kind of a possession guy, kind of Tim Brown esque, mm-hmm. you know, very much so. Uh, so there's a recency bias on my part yeah, because they're probably comparable receivers. Yeah. So, uh, but Larry Fitzgerald, just a fucking animal came close to winning a Super Bowl If, uh, James Harrison doesn't take a fucking San Antonio Holmes, which is still 
questionable. Questionable. Although we saw a photo that yeah. looks pretty conclusive. I think he scored. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Larry Fitzgerald is my number four receiver of all time. Hey, you're yeah. Number, that's your number three. So I'm doing it again. You're doing it to me again. My number three is Randy Moss. Oh, and that's my number two. So here we go. Wow. Wow. So Randy Moss and look, maybe, maybe I'm foolish for putting Calvin Johnson ahead of Randy Moss, but to me, Calvin Johnson, both of those guys were absolutely a joy to watch. Yeah. The difference to me is Randy Moss. And I love, look, I like him. I think he seems like a cool dude. Yeah. But he would get some alligator arms going over the middle. He was a pussy. Yeah. Calvin Johnson, I think would try to make those catches. Now, now I'd say Moss a little more explosive than Calvin Johnson, but I mean, I think that's where Moss he, speed. I don't know that he was necessarily better hops, but uh, uh, more finesse and a smoother receiver. Silky smooth on the outside, go up and get the ball. I mean, getting mossed is still a thing to this day because because he he's on ESPN. Go take the, uh, uh, that be, too. But. <laughs> but before we say number one, I want to tell you guys that the uh, college experience. Why is my dog trying to fuck with me right now? Uh, the college experience is brought to you by Ace Per Head. You ever thought about starting your own sports book but don't know how? Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers a live betting and amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com backslash SGP. Once again, that's aceperhead.com backslash SGP. Um, number one. We don't really even need to have this discussion. But let's talk about why he's the best, huh? Well, uh, really, it comes down to his prime, you know. And even that is almost like we caught the tail end of his prime. And we saw enough football during that. Uh, actually, Even late in his career, he was good. Yeah, it's true. Talking about one Jerry Rice. But in during the time, like, for example, I, I clearly remember the 1990 NFC championship game, or I guess it would be the 1991 NFC championship game. Uh, you know, that that I watched every play of the game. I remember most of that game. That's uh, when the Giants or the uh, yeah, Giants ended their three-peat run. And so I have a, a good frame of reference of Jerry Rice's career. And uh, like he was smoking Deion Sanders, like yeah. in the NFC championship games. Uh, he was just fucking nasty. I mean, he talk about a guy who supposedly ran like anywhere from a four five to four seven, like not a great 40 time, but his field speed, he'd blow everyone out of the fucking water just cause like yeah. route running. He was there a, wasn't great route a wasted movement. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable player, Jerry Rice. Um, Great hands. I remember that Monday night game against Oakland where he just fucking tore them up, broke the record. Yeah. But and in general. About in the Super Bowl in the 88 against the Bengals, you wanted a clutch catch. Yeah. Boom. That guy gets open. Talk about Montana. And not like a guy who was outspoken. Yeah. Talked about how Art Monk wasn't really outspoken. Right. See, and that's, I think that's where you, you started to hate the receivers because back in the eighties, I really don't feel like any money receivers were very outspoken. Yeah. Michael Irvin was really the start of like yeah. them becoming pieces of shit. Prima Donna. <laughs> um, when you look at uh receiving stats, I want to see Jerry Rice is so far ahead of the next guy. He's got like 22,000. The next guy's like 17 or 18,000 receiving. Yeah, and that's with the, the league being completely different. Yeah. So 
Jerry Rice uh, in a league of his own. Look, and I, I fucking hated the guy at the time. I, I never hated him. I didn't hate him. You I couldn't hate him. him because he wasn't like outspoken. Right, 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 like right. He wasn't, I just hated yeah. the 49ers, and okay. he was one of the 49ers. So I, I, I hated him by default. But as far as a human being, always a good dude. Yeah. So, so Jerry Rice, number one. So right now, the all time team for me, Elway, uh, Barry Sanders, Jerry Rice. Patty C's rocking with Tom Brady, Barry Sanders and Jerry Rice. Yeah. So we're pretty, pretty similar across the board here. We got tight ends coming up next guys. This is the college experience. If you can leave us a positive review on iTunes, we'd appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter at well, Patty C at Patty C eight, three, one. I'm at the Colby D we are on the sports scaling podcast network, which is at the SGP network. Also check out NC Nick at NC underscore N I C K. He releases a a lot of great content over at sportscalingpodcast.com. Check it out. This is Patty. See anything else? Stay safe out there. Hey, look, we're all gonna go crazy here. I just got told I'm not working till at least May first. Yeah. So um, just just dive in. There's yeah. there's three crocodile dundies to watch. That's right. Esports is is raging right now. Yeah. Dive DJ into madness. This Tecmo tournament with us. We're do- and speaking of which, we're about to load up the, the Tecmo right now. You're fucking gonna eat shit next. All I'm right? gonna kill you. Uh, put, you know what you do? You put a lawn chair on your rooftop or on your balcony and catch the sun rays. Get that, that vitamin. Get That's those right. vitamins. But stay right? the fuck away from everyone. Cause I don't want this shit to last forever. Let's flatten the curve yeah. and let's get back and let's have a college football season. Exactly. This is the college experience and you better start thinking about yours and we out.